Bearcat Bounce Podcast, back at it again. Monday night. Monday, it's here. There is a lot going on in the Bearcat land, but on Monday nights, all Bearcat eyes go to none other than Bearcat Journal for the Dan Co. Transmission, BBP. And that means it's myself, Brent Young, joined by two guys. Two, two guys where one I got to get a little closer with. This past weekend, one came over to my hallowed grounds of Indianapolis and decided he wanted to two-two tango. That means it's, it's it's no better time to welcome in the two guys joining me, none other than Aaron Smith and Chad Brindle. Aaron, Chad, gentlemen, how are we, guys? I'm good. getting in there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, in there? I'm yeah. good. I got to go to camp today. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty fun. Um, of course, we'll get into that. But uh, yeah, we, we did get to hang out this weekend. You got to meet little baby Brennix. Brennix, my 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 darling child. I you know I whenever I hold a baby, it's uh, I I'm always told to really focus on making sure the head is just real secure. So I'm sure, it looked quite awkward <laughs> me holding her. You know, I don't really do the football, the 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 tuck and run. You know the uh, the whole eagle, you know, claw on the top. But you know what? I I did the best I could holding little Brennix. And, and you know what? I think that we connected right away. And uh, it was great seeing you. Wild that uh, came over to beautiful Indianapolis. And, and even, we had a time. Even crazier that you were, we were just hanging out in my sister's backyard and you just knew the neighbor who's out mowing. Yeah. Steve, what's up, brother? <laughs> you think it's a big crowd? You know, you think it's a big, big city. It's, it's not. You Chad, he yelled. Like he yelled at Brent like he just sees Brent, <laughs> and he's just like Brent. And I was like, "What is happening?" <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, um, what what else would you expect? I, apparently, he knows the whole city. Hey, did man. you go to that person's wedding in a far off place? No, I did not. His uh, his brother got married in Indy, but we spent a a nice bachelor party out in Hilton Head with him. So uh, he, we yeah. we we Sounds created some right. stories through that. But uh, yeah, he's about right. older brother, one of my good friends. Shout out Dub. Shout out Katie. They just had a baby as well. So uh, little Leona. So LJ is what she goes by. Babies all around, man. Babies all around. And, and you know what? We're going to talk about some baby bear cats a little later. How about yeah. that as a segue? All right. Well done. An eventual segue. But uh, for now, it's, it's baby Brennix. Baby LJ, the uh, the uncle of baby LJ, was was your sister's neighbor now. So, hey, you know what? You'll have to make some more trips back. We'll have to continue with the bear cat talk because, Aaron, it was fun. It was fun hanging with you. Got to uh, got to say goodbye. I, you know, I. I think my goodbye, I'm going to remember it forever. You might have already forgotten it uh, by now. but He said he remembered you leaving. Okay. Vaguely. There we go. Yeah. It was rough. We were, we were uh, actually in the living room saying bye to everyone else, and we, we just look outside, and Aaron's standing in the yard all by himself, just <laughs> staring aimlessly to the sky. I was like, you know, my, my girlfriend I'm Emily was like. Sky. I get yeah. twice high. Take a yeah. look. It's in a book. Yes. A exactly. blacked out rainbow. <laughs> yeah. Along those lines. Yes. You know, it, you should have seen him that night when he came too. 
dude, they were do- well, well, they were doing smash burgers, and I think Aaron took the smash quality of the burger and, and was like, okay, we're getting smashed and we're eating burgers. So, <laughs> did you understand the assignment? I he think I had like four. Yeah, I mean, I got I got down on some burgers. <laughs> there we go. There we go. You understood the assignment, though. You were all right there. But you know, he said it was your fault because he was drinking Natterdays, and then you got there and you brought the the, the, the good stuff. Yeah, and Gum, he gumball ready. head. Gum, gumball he head. ready for the good beer. Yeah, three Floyd's gumball gumball head. It's a Indiana staple. He he had already dove into the whole Sun King, mm-hmm. and so I uh, thought I'd introduce him to uh, another Indiana staple, and he uh, he enjoyed it quite a lot. And uh, you know, it went down it, easy, huh? It did. It did. We it said our goodbyes. We had to. Day. It was. We had to go to a, to a dinner that night, so my my night was only beginning. But it was a uh, it was a heck of a beginning with 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 Aaron and family. So thanks for having me, Aaron. For and sure. uh, a big uh, big thank you to your sister and and her husband as well. They were they were great hosts. So that was my Saturday. But if if you did have a little bit of a rough Saturday, and all of a sudden you wake up and, you, and your car's not really running right, you know what you can do. Head over to Danco Transmission. Get over to Danco Transmission. Tell them, tell them that we sent you. Tell, tell them Aaron sent you. Aaron the Smash Man Smash Burger sent you. Chad Brendel sent you. Brent Young sent you. The BBP, the BCJ, they sent you. $10 off a fix. 10% off your next fix. Anything you want. Just talk to Danco. Joe, he'll hook it up. Quick fix, Danco Transmission. Danco Auto Care. But guys, you got to mention it. One thing that is not broken is the football program under Luke Fickle's tutelage. Got to lead with this one, the coaches poll, the infamous coaches poll that everyone affiliated with the Bearcats knows about, except for everyone in the program, uh, or at least that's what they tell us on camera. 22 is where the Bearcats were slotted. Number 22, that is three straight years back to back to back that they have entered the season ranked in the coaches poll. Now this isn't the AP poll, so Unless I don't really know that they use AP in front of the ESPN games, in front of the names of the team. So this is probably just one that you can throw your hat in. But 22 in the coaches poll for the Bearcats. 23rd was Arkansas. Houston, the other AAC team and future Big 12 team at 25. The Bearcats opened up at number 10 in the coaches poll last season. And then in 2020, they were also number 20, 22 in the coaches poll to begin that year as well. Guys, just your initial takeaway when you saw the rankings. Obviously, Chad and Aaron, you were both at camp. So was there kind of just looking at, at your phone and a little subtle mentions here and there? Was the general consensus that uh, that there was a – oh, what's that? Richard Smiley. Nothing brings joy to Brent's life and then weddings. Yes. Oh. What are, what are these googly eyes? I don't know. I, I was just going to say thank you to, to Richard Smiley for the donation. Thank you, Richard Smiley. And uh, Chad and Aaron, 22 in the poll. I'm what distracted. was your next reactions? Yeah, what's what's going on? I can tell you're distracted. Sports Business Journal reports CBS and NBC are the front runners for the Big Ten's remaining rights with ESPN likely out. Ooh, it would put the Big Ten on network TV in every major TV window on Saturdays. Yep. Fox at noon, CBS at 3.30, NBC at primetime. Following more Notre importantly, Dame. no ESPN carrying any 
Big Ten games. Get him out of wow. here. Get him out of here. Yeah, I wow. I saw my my buddy who works in the NCAA was kind of floating that to me, saying that he saw similar reports of that. Last I mean, I, I there it has been talked about that the Big right. Ten was, but I mean to do it to actually do it, yeah, and to take that CBS three thirty spot, right? That that SEC staple of our feels like our entire lives, right? And right. the Big Ten plants that flag <laughs> and takes Fox at noon, CBS yep. at three thirty, and NBC at night. So NBC is likely going to go. Notre At Dame. least for half of the season, right Notre Dame into the Big Ten. Yeah. In the primetime window. Oh, boy. I, and then that opens up opportunities for the Big Ten games during the during the day to be on Big Ten Network, as well as on FS1, FS2. Yeah. It, it is defeating the ESPN stranglehold on the sport. Like, I'm all well, for SEC, SEC. So yeah, but but what this ultimately is going to do down the road challenge the CFP. It's it's ESPN is not going to have exclusive rights Correct. to the college football playoff. Nor can they. The Big Ten is not gonna like not gonna allow that to happen exactly. if hmm. ESPN is no longer their partner. Holy cow. <laughs> is just is a that little con- Monday night confirm? 8 p.m. bombshell. Uh is that it's not. It's not fully con- confirmed. John Uran from Sports Business Journal said, barring a last-minute change of direction, ESPN will not carry Big Ten games for the first time in 40 years. Wow. Cut them out. Yeah. Get them out of here. Love it. Oh, man. That's that's big. Okay. Back back to back to the AP poll. But I just, I mean, that that's significant. It is college sports news. Well, let's not just jump over it right away. What does this do then now with the big 12? Is that solely because I know obviously there was the the, the Fox connection with the Pac-10 and and of course ESPN obviously has a lot of the big 12 going on. Is is this going to have a ripple effect on all the like is ESPN going to try and absorb every single other option now that this is happening? Because it feels like obviously this is a, a monster move. Well, I, what's what'll be interesting is what else does Fox have the capacity for? Right. You would assume if CBS is doing the Big Ten at three thirty, Fox would want something. Big Twelve at three. So Big Twelve at three thirty. Right. Uh, potentially even Big Twelve at, at prime time. Yeah. If yeah. if NBC is going prime time with. The Big Ten. Because then SEC um, on ABC. SEC on ABC, Prime SEC Prime. on ESPN. Right. Where? Like, my brain is still. Because now you got the, like, the marquee afternoon game for CBS, for CBS will be the Big Ten. Are you going to be able to then – I. I guess it's it's pretty widespread, but it sounds like you're going to have a lot of games that have to go. If, if you're completely wiping out ESPN, you've got a lot of games in the Big Ten that are going to need to go on, I, I guess, Network, FS1. streaming services as well. I don't know if they want to dive I into mean, that. Fox doesn't have a live streaming service, right? CBS doesn't have 
a live streaming service. So that would require, you know, dedicating an entire new platform. I guess it's possible. I mean, they're saying the deal is likely to be done this week. So we're going to get answers on all that pretty quick. Yeah. I mean, and I, I imagine this will be something that the, uh, the world famous uh, realignment expert, Dave realignment Smell. expert Dave Smell will have all this yeah. stuff nibbled up and chewed out and, and ready to spit it all onto all of us Bearcat fans. Because to be honest with you, sprung onto me like this, I don't know too much about it. But yeah, Peacock, Pe- yeah, Peacock, Peacock would, be... would be an option. I, CBS Sports Network are they going to throw you know Northwestern at Nebraska? I, I mean, what? Maybe. But that's I think that's a there. different entity at CBS, though. Right. Like I like even like when you do like the live streaming with CBS or whatever, like CBS Sports isn't included in that. Like I, it's it's somehow a different arm. Yeah. Like, and when we were playing, you when the Bearcats were playing UConn on CBS Sports Network, they never got an opportunity for the CBS three thirty slot. So yeah. I think it'll be obviously a little different um, along those lines. But yeah, I mean. SEC and ESPN, man, those are uh, two peas in a pod, or at least they're going to have to be if this is the uh, the big move that's made. Because, I, I mean, it's so weird that they floated that idea to me. Because, And I know football's king, but does this then now make ESPN say, no, we're not going to carry college basketball games? Because I feel like that's a big part of the Big Ten is on ESPN as well. So. I don't know. Yeah, I mean that that ESPN noon Big Ten game is is just as like ingrained into yeah. the college football culture as CBS at three thirty. Like that right. that's man. Well, we have a question. We know what we do when we have a question. Paid paid question, mind you. Uh, who do you think the Big Twelve will be with ESPN or Fox? I, I can't imagine now. I don't like. I I would imagine it would be a split. Both, yeah. Like I. But the question, like, are they going to work together? I guess is like that's kind of what we're coming to, right? Is lines in the sand are being drawn between ESPN and Fox, right? It, I don't know. I mean, I, I, you wonder, like, does ESPN feel like Fox dictated CBS and NBC? Well, or, you know, and said to the Big Ten, like, no I, I ESPN. just want. I want to point out that it, it to me it sounds like the Pac-12 got hosed by the Big Ten again. Well, yeah, like we've talked about this, like like the the, the Pac-12, Fox had basically already told no to, right? And if, and walked yes. away, and that that was kind of behind the scenes from some of the stuff I heard. Part of the impetus for USC and UCLA, like the the writing was on the wall mm-hmm. when Fox just kind of, you guys are on your own. And if 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 literally the Pac-12 has nowhere to go now except ESPN, ESPN can lowball the shit out of them. Yeah, because where are you going to go? Right. As the I mean, famous Bill Castellini once said, "Where are you? Where else are you going to go? <laughs> where else are you going to go? Who else? Well, that was watch? like that was. There was a lot of people like uh, uh, Stuart Mandel this morning was like uh, the Pac-12." exercise the extension and their negotiating rights. That's not how that works. Chief or John Mm -hmm. Wilner, I think was the one that originally floated it. Okay. Like 
the conferences don't call the networks and say, hey, can we extend our exclusive window? That's like a, I saw this, I think, on the on the Twitter uh, replies. Somebody was like, that's like a free agent. Like a, a, a person, you know, free agency starts at midnight August 1st. And a, a player is like, you know what? I'm going to extend my deal with uh, with this team just, you know, as I'm hitting free agency and about to go get paid. Right. I'm going to go back to this team for less money uh, just because. Like, that's that's not how any of this works. We're finding out why ESPN was willing to extend that window with the Pac-12 uh, just to kind of keep them on ice for a little bit longer as, as all this plays out. Like, well- well, Holy I cow. So, so Jason Shear, who, who you guys had on the BCJ pod, did a really awesome. good job last week. Yep. So he said three hours ago, my Monday prediction, which is likely to change at any moment, is the Big Ten shuts out ESPN or gives ESPN very little. ESPN then forced to overpay for the Pac-12, and there's an unequal revenue sharing based on success. He said it's just a guess, so don't attack him. But I, I mean. I, I guess it could go either way. I don't. I don't know. I mean, if it, it, here's the thing: if ESPN literally has the SEC and ACC pretty much on lockdown, right? They're not desperate for Pac-12 content. Like, yeah, right. They're not, you know, and they have the American, which they pay pennies on the dollar for. Right. Um, throw them all that, on plus. They can, yeah, like, well, I'm just saying that they can throw in yeah. any ESPN two game or like whatever. ESPN, um, yeah, right. I don't know that they're desperate for the Pac-12. I think that'll right. be interesting to see. Um, but man, it makes the Big 12 upcoming ne- negotiations yeah really interesting because Fox is is seen as like you know a, a legit partner of the Big 12 more than ESPN, I think. Right. I guess my question would be if you're one of the Pac-12 schools that isn't getting the high equal revenue share, why would you even sign the GOR? Well, yeah, I don't like I don't think they're in a position <laughs> to force like Oregon and Washington to sign right, a grant sign, of rights. Yeah. Well, um, anyone for that matter. Like why would if you're one of the Well, schools, if you're Oregon State and Washington State like you'll sign it. Yes, sure. I mean, yeah, you'll sign whatever yes, you have to sign. <laughs> but I, I guess right. I mean even for like depending on what the pack or what the big 12 gets, if you're looking at the, I mean, the, the corner schools have been the ones that everyone's been talking about being the easiest to potentially move anyway. But if you're mm-hmm. one of those, why would you even sign the GOR if the big 12 ends up getting more money than what the pack 12 offered? Like this whole yeah. thing becomes very, very interesting. Yeah. I So, I mean, also what this boils down to is the fact that big 10 just, you know, obviously showing their strength with that three thirty CBS spot. But then again, if you are the game right after Notre Dame on at that, you know, 2.30, 3.30 slot that Notre Dame is at, and then you're you're broadcasting that nightcap of the Big Ten game of the week, and, and supposedly they're going to produce it like it's, you know, Sunday night football and, and kind of have a lot of hype around it. Well, Notre Dame fans are going to be able to, to you know, at, if they have the Irish on their television, if they're not there in person, then they just slowly continue to watch the TV and roll into the Big Ten and, I don't know. I think it just opens up another door, obviously, for Notre Dame and Big Ten, those connections and, and seeing where they lead, obviously, if, if they well, have but, those back-to-back Brent, slots. But, yeah. Brent, I mean, like, how much stronger does this make the relationship with Notre Dame and NBC now? Right, right. It, it doesn't. I mean, 
if you're I agree. Uh, I think it lessens it a lot. But, uh, uh, no, I don't. You think it strengthens because, it? Yeah, because now I think NBC was less of a factor um, as a college football viewing destination. Right. Because the only thing they had was that standalone Notre Dame game. Right. Right. And now you're going to be driving that traffic to NBC a lot more regularly. True. Um, and, True. and guess what, man? That that weekly primetime Big Ten game on NBC, mm-hmm. I guess going to be worth some dollars. Yeah. And, and they're not putting Northwestern versus Illinois no. in that time slot. Rutgers and Maryland at, you know, at, at 8 o'clock on NBC. That's not how it's going to work. Ohio State at USC. Right. <laughs> yeah. UCLA, Michigan. Like, right. the, the, those are going to be marquee matchups. Yes. I think that helps Notre Dame because I think that establishes NBC as a place you're spending a lot of time on your Saturday watching football more it so also, than ever before. It like, also, uh, it also real pati- quick, like uh, real quick, it, it, the only the only reason you went to NBC for football is if you were a Notre Dame fan, right? Or if your team was playing Notre Dame at Notre Dame, like that's the only reason you had to go to NBC. Yeah. That changes with this drastically. Go ahead, I would Chris, think sorry. I would think it would also potentially just create a stronger bond with Notre Dame and the big 10 to where you might see Notre Dame say, you know, maybe this deal with the ACC or the, yeah, the ACC that we have right now. Um, we could probably the big play... not taking them unless it's for Notre Dame, like for... unless they're coming for football full time. The, mean... the big Ten's not going to give them the deal that the ACC gave them. I, I, I firmly believe that wouldn't happen. I agree there, but I think that this opens the negotiating table a little bit more, right? Well, you build a a pipeline between the three of them now because they're all three, you know, uh, they all three have a a similar business interest. How's that? Right. And and also, I think think this now makes Peacock up there as one of the bigger streaming services, kind of like an ESPN Plus. Hopefully it forces Peacock to, I don't know, make their user interface a little bit better than what it's been because it's not good. Amazon Prime up there, as I saw, which is uh, Amazon Prime Video or whatever. So, hey, it's all it's all a learning thing for these guys. But, man, that's uh, quite the interesting bomb drop there right before the uh, start of the show. And you know what? Even with, with football right around the corner less than you know a month away, realignment will always be there. Always. So, uh, yeah, I mean, this isn't the- specifically realignment, but right, but it, it's got some effects, some some ripple effects, though. Tonk, I reported that on the board a month ago, at, at least. <laughs> like, yeah. if you, you know, you got to you got to keep up on the message boards, Tonk. Maybe he was uh, just trying to make sure there was enough time for it to be on the boards for the paying customers. It was just it was just a refresher. Just a refresher. <laughs> we appreciate that. Just like we're gonna appreciate this uh timestamp about uh unless you guys have anything else on this on this front, because no, we can we can timestamp, but I got a, I got something for the timestamp too. Hold on. Oh, oh. Oh. Timestamp brought to you by the tasty, tasty. Gumball head. 
No. Uh, I mean, come on. You know what this has to be, right? Oh, yeah. Iron sharpens iron. Boom! Woo! The hoodie. The hoodie. Woo! Hoodies and t-shirts. The BCJ Iron Sharpens Iron line. The official 2022 BCJ shirt. Go to 513shirts.com. Drop down promotion uh, partners, and you'll see Bearcat Journal, and that's where you can get your Iron Sharpens Iron t-shirts and hoodies. Bang. Bang. Iron Sharpens Iron. It's a good-looking shirt. Very good-looking. Man. And I tell you what, we we brought up that Iron Sharp, Sharpens Iron a bunch during the entire offseason, so it's it's great to see that that is what, you know, one of the, the main mottos they're going with this season, because I don't think we've seen one with these many competitions inside of competitions and follow this, follow that, and still don't know who the starters are at a handful of positions, but man, iron sharpens iron. So the best one will come out and best will succeed. So, uh, but still let's, let's go ahead and wrap our minds back around 22nd in the coaches poll. Chad and Aaron, you guys were at camp today. Um, As that was being reported, what was the what was the overall vibe and what was your personal thought when you saw, you know, Bearcats ranked 22nd? Some say it's, it's a good spot to be. Some are surprised that they were even on there. Some say it's, you know, a little bit too too high or, or low. It's, it's hard for me to say that, like, high, I mean, they should be lower at, like, 17, but, you know. I think it's about right. Semantics. I think it's about where I would have them. Right. Above Houston? Um, I think they're – you know, I, I mean, I, I've talked about that a million times. I think as of right now, going into the season, one, because of their schedule, and two, because of their quarterback, I would pick Houston first in the American. Uh, but if I had to, looking forward, predict who would win a championship game between the two in four months, mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I, I would bet on Luke Fickle over Dana Holgerson. Above Arkansas? No, I think Arkansas is too low. I'm just talking about the range Cincinnati is in. Somewhere in that 20 to 25 range. Yeah. What this what this tells me though, the level of respect for Luke Fickle is growing in the coaching profession. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's what this tells me. Yeah, I think that's the main thing to point out is that this is the coaches poll, the the AAC conference uh preseason poll. That was media. So it's it's not kinda, us. We didn't get invited this year. We did not. We did not get to draw out of the hat and what, uh, and make the selections. But what but, about the rogue Texas first place vote? Oh, <laughs> that had to be somebody mocking like the is Texas back? The Texas thing, is right? back, baby. Or maybe they just had drew, to be. Maybe they just drew names out of a hat. Also, I mean, I I hear that's the <laughs> hot thing to do. They're absolutely uh, yeah. <laughs> It's yeah, catching they, on. It's a trend. You know, they saw Arch Manning commit, and they were like, "Oh, Texas is back. Give them number one." But yeah, I, I mean, it's it's still a preseason poll. I went back and looked at the preseason poll last year, and for the most part, the top teams were kind of there. But I, I mean, you had like like a North Carolina at number nine. You had, you know, Iowa State was up there in the top ten. There were there's there's still a lot of discrepancies among you know the, Clemson was second, I believe. So. So there's there's a lot of things to to take out once you see the coaches poll, but I think the main thing that we should take away is that yeah, I, the respect is there, 
and this is a coach's poll. So that means coaches take a look back and they say, hey, yes, they lost nine nine players to the NFL and a couple other really talented players as well to graduation. But you know what? They've got a, a bunch of good players replacing them, some highly rated recruits, and above all, Luke Fickle and his staff are a phenomenal group of coaches, and they've been able to build this and something that's going to sustain instead of just be a one-hit wonder. So uh, 22nd, I thought it was solid. Um, I'll take it. I'm interested to see the AP agrees. I don't know how accurate the two of them are as far as the preseason part goes or, or how close they are, but they seem to be pretty closely related throughout the years. But uh, I don't know. I'm, I might see Arkansas a little bit higher because of the AP. Uh, I think, I mean, based on as good as their quarterback is, I know they lost a, a pretty decent amount from their roster. Yeah. Um, but they, they hit the transfer portal pretty hard. I think Sam Pittman is a really good coach. They have a dynamic quarterback. Like, I think they should be 15 to 17, like somewhere in that, that you know, middle of the pole range more so right. than back at like 23 or whatever. Yeah. I, you know, I, I started looking at Arkansas a little bit and obviously Traylon Burks is a, a massive, massive loss. Um, so, yeah. and, and they lost a lot of defensive players as well, but you know, they, they returned a lot on top of it. You know, bumper pool is the fun name to say, and, and we're going to keep saying <laughs> it. He's, he's back and he's going to be, you know, Gary Bertier in the middle, um, which is, Something that Dave retweeted, I thought it was hilarious on their on their board. But um, remember the Titans coming out the game one. Remember, remember the Titans will be there. Gary Bertier, and they've got a tight end that's a, I mean a defensive end that's great as well. But we'll see. Um, I do think that the SEC bias might boost them up a little higher on the AP poll, and then Cincinnati will probably be in the same area. I would imagine. Um, I wasn't. I was interested to see two AAC teams in there to see Houston sneak in there at 25, but they're probably the one that has all odds to, to run the table with their, you know, very not tough. Trash. Are they really, garbage? Are they really AAC schools or are they future Big 12 schools? For this season, I think the correct term is AAC, but I think all of agree, us can agree to disagree. From here on out, we can call them future Big 12 schools. I they mean, got I'm, they got I'm to rec- they got to recruit people knowing that they were going to be Big Twelve schools right but in the near future they didn't have a date at that point but I, I I think that I think it's time I mean they're not fighting to play in the Big Twelve championship game this year sadly but yeah no I agree what we'll, within the circle we'll call them future Big Twelve teams how about that but I think the uh, I think the correct term is AAC teams sadly but. Only one more year of that, so we're we're gonna move on. That's good. Uh oh. Yeah. Tonk, tonk. Got a little something for us. Who's coming to Arkansas with Danco, Joe, and I? Oh, you man. going, Brett? Um, I. You know what? I'm sure I might end up there. Who knows? I <laughs> got got to move some things around, but weddings. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. It might be uh, – hopefully it's not the same beginning to the season like it was last year. No Ireland trip, so that's a, that's a plus. But um, it's it's in the cards. Let's just say that. Nothing official yet. Dan Coe Joe, not Dance Joe. I love it, Tonk. Thank you. Um, anything else with, with 22nd? I mean, obviously the AP poll is the one that goes in front of the team name, which 
some people really, really love to see. So this is kind of – it's good to see, though. 22nd, back-to-back-to-back years. Got to hope it's the same for AP. Is that your segue into team names? Team names? Things, things getting renamed? I don't know. I don't think so. Um, team names. What are what are your team names? I guess well, there was there was a new there was a new name uh, naming rights oh. sold today for Nippert. Oh, not the actual Nippert Stadium, but uh, um, I thought that's where you were going with this. No, the yeah the what is it the third third floor pavilion? Yeah, I did not see this. Is is there a new name? Here it is. Uh, let me pull it up. Gravity Diagnostics, ah. which is the company that handled all or most of the uh, COVID testing for the athletic department, okay. uh, is now the a five-year naming rights contract on the West Pavilion 312 level at Nippert Stadium. Uh, as part of the deal, they are also donating uh, $50,000 to the Next Level Success Fund, which is the day one ready stuff. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I uh, I did not see that, so that's good. Um, yeah, anything nil or anything related, we'll we'll take it. That is awesome. Uh, GMAC will be at the Arkansas game. There we go, Tonk. There we go. But before the Arkansas game, there is a bevy of practices. You guys were at fall camp today, both of you. Aaron, looks like you got a nice tan at camp today. Mm-hmm. Looking good, very nice. Uh, but now the question is. Aaron, now that you are able to get eyes on the team in in a, in a practice setting, past the offseason workouts, all the new freshmen rolling in, the quarterback competition back and forth, so many different storylines. But what was it that kind of caught your eye, just general, the one thing that caught your eye the most coming out of camp today? So I was I was concerned at one point. Okay. And I looked at Chad and I said, should I be should I be concerned that the offense is just dumping it off play after play after play after play. Okay. Um, or, or should I be impressed with the defense? Like, what, what's what's going on here? And, you know, Chad's like, you know, they're, they're just they're, – they're not forcing anything. They're trying to make sure – It actually wasn't it. As the day went on, it continued correct. to be a theme, and it just was what they were working on today. Apparently today was supposed to be uh, helmets only. Uh, with no spider pads, it was supposed to be a light day. Okay. And basically the O-line and D-line said, we're not going out there with helmets only because then we can't we can't mix it up. We don't get to, to really play. Uh, so they kind of forced the hand of the staff to put the spider pads on so that they could compete. Um, and But the, the point of practice was to kind of work on, you know, outside runs and swing passes and – you know, crossing routes and and stuff over the you know stuff close to the line of scrimmage, right? Installing a lot of of they went through a lot of the first like seven or eight periods today were were heavy install stuff, and then they took the install stuff and ran it in in team just to get live reps after install. Um, so. It was a little weird at first, like Aaron said, because right. everything was, you know, and, and a lot of times, too, when they do those early team periods, um, 
early in practice, it's a lot of uh, run fit. You know, that's when they do typically do run fit or they'll do blitz, uh, stuff along that lines. Um, and then later they, they go into the full offense, but they, they kind of stuck with the theme today of, you know, uh, di- drilling down on a lot of the, you know, first and 10, second and eight, um, you know, type of stuff to, to set up third and four, you okay. know, stuff like that. Okay. And, and you know what, when you have enough practices in a, in a fall period like that, you can have a day dedicated to plays like that. So I would understand the confusion on, on your guys' end, especially Aaron, because you're like, why are they yeah, letting yeah. it fly? Well, I'm, I'm just – I'm sitting there, and I'm watching. I'm like, I've seen two first downs in 15 plays. The hell is going on? The defense is just dominating. Like, why are we going to running back and running back and running back? There's a tight end out and running back. And, oh, a curl. We caught a curl. All right. But it was it was yeah. Is that was that just during the team portion, or was that kind of throughout the whole whole practice? Because because obviously you'll notice it a little bit more on the team portion. At the very the very last team portion, I think they got to open the playbook. Um, yeah. but, well, the last team portion was two, two minute. minute. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you're not gonna you're running two minute drill. You're not gonna be Dump working off. on your checkdowns <laughs> and your and your shallow you know your shallow crosses to josh wiley at you know five <laughs> yards depth uh in two minutes so that yeah okay. good eye aaron <laughs> but was, I'm, I, I guess the whole point is it was just a, a a weird day to be there unfortunately for me as i'm just like what the hell is going on <laughs> <laughs> but again that's like that's the difference from popping in a day at camp and being right. at 13, 14 days of camp is because you catch the nuance of like, okay, the the main thing was like tomorrow night they're going full pad night practice, right? which is going to be, you know, day off on Wednesday. So tomorrow night is going to be full on like intensity. A lot of hit. Yeah. So they ease it up a little bit. I heard yesterday they went pretty hard, um, but that one was closed to the media, unfortunately. Um, and then tomorrow night is supposed to be a doozy. So I'm looking forward to tomorrow night quite a bit. So, and, and you know what, Chad, you might get a, you might get another partner there. I mean, come on down. Another guest. Seven o'clock camp higher ground. Seven o'clock. Okay. All right. All right. I'm going to, I'll move some things around because I love it. But now that Aaron, the, the nuances and the little, Little subplots of practice aside, what was kind of the the storyline that you took away? Because because yes, that is that is interesting to see. But there's got to be something that you, that caught your eye, you know, player personnel wise, or you know, maybe it was a, a certain name stood out above above the rest, or uh, play here or there. What what was it that kind of you know your first day at camp being there that kind of really really drew you in? Well, I'm leery to answer this. I don't know what Chad wrote about and what. <laughs> um, okay. It wasn't, um, it wasn't, there wasn't a ton, like, wasn't a ton to really hit on from today's practice. Well, that's what happens when you have dump-offs, though, right? Right. Um, that said, uh, Miles Montgomery is fast. Okay, um, that was my dude of the day. He he definitely had some some breakaway. Like, and you have, I mean, 
there were a couple plays where maybe he was touched, maybe he wasn't. But a lot of times running backs, just because they're tired of not being able to do much, they'll just go and keep right. going. Um, but he had some some breakaways. Uh, Quincy Burroughs continues to show up. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was kind of cool to see. He was starting to get a little rotation time with the twos. Mm-hmm. Um, so just and the, that was that was a matter of he's earned it. As a yep. matter of he, he for for the first four days he's been out there balling, yeah. And, and the staff said, "Hey, we got got to give him a chance and let him see what he looks like with the twos. And as a kid who I got to know, um, as I was getting to know that the recruitment class that is now the freshman class um, right. when I covered them, um, just a good kid, and you love to yeah. see a good yeah. kid kind of break out like that. I had a chance to catch up with one of the other members of the freshman class, and uh, he was talking about I, I was like dude your your class is looking really good and he's like i know and quincy is a dog and i'm like yes he is and he said uh and it, this this particular kid was one of the members of the defense he's like i said nothing i didn't bring up anyone's legs and he's like you know i wish i had calves like him and i was like huh your leg guy too weird didn't bring we, I, up I, a, very weird. Didn't bring up a thing about legs, and he's like, "I wish I had calves like him." And I'm like, "And then did you say like, yeah?" No, because I wasn't gonna make it even weirder. Like I've talked about his legs at length, actually. Well, well, now now it, it is very sense. weird. It is very weird. I agree. Well, now very it makes weird. sense why you were digging me so much on Saturday. My calves were out and about, and. Get out and of here. <laughs> and they're they're supposedly one of the best in the midwest so <laughs> but no yeah quincy burroughs has gotten quite a lot of talk there's no doubt about that um and I, you know obviously i'm excited to see what what he's able to do when i when i get there because you know the bright lights will be even brighter on those well, days but joking aside another kid from the freshman class though that continues to make plays there was a uh a, basically a dead ball. There was a false yeah. start on uh and, and it was one of those it was one of those like the defense jumps so they snap the ball and just like chuck it deep because yeah. you know you get a free play. Free play went up, went up to Nick Mardner and who catches the ball comes down with a toe tap right before falling out of bounds, but JQ Hardaway. Hi JQ. He had another really nice pass breakup on Mardner. In the two-minute drill, yeah, as no, well. Was that later? Early? I can't even remember anymore. There was one early, and then there was another one late that they tried to throw the fade when we were yeah. standing in the end zone. Tried to throw the fade, and he went up and and tapped it away too. Well, that's just evidence of, of the length that JQ has. Um, yeah, I mean, the, well, Nick Mardner's also tall, pretty well, big yeah. boy, exactly. So to get up there and deflect that, but you know, I was going to say. I, you you hear both of those two names and and who who was it? JQ was an early enrollee. You see the importance of of getting out there as an early enrollee, and and you heard the coaches kind of echo that as well, and and some players as well were echoing that the fact that hey you know you, you were out here you know CJ Doggett was another name I heard them mention a couple times. He was an he early a, enrollee. He had a pass breakup as well today. Uh, he he was. Uh, Doggett and Gillison look look really promising for young yeah. guys. Shep looks really promising for Shep, a young guy. Yep. And, well, and then uh, sincere Lewis looks like a monster. Like, uh, yeah, dude, he is. His freshman yeah. class is going to be some dudes. And 
impact right. class yeah. over the next five years. Well, well, and then you bring up Quincy Burroughs, and he's the guy who, you know, they the jug machine after after workouts, you know, yeah. asking Trey and, and Tyler Scott, hey, what can I do to get better? You know, what what did you guys work on today? I want to work on that too. This, that, and the other. So, you know, it, it just you you put in the work and the results will come. And if you're a high level talent like this staff is recruiting at this point, then sometimes it doesn't take too much extra work to, for you to start really making an impact and, and, and kind of reaching, starting to touch the potential that you already have. So, yeah, I mean, both of those players obviously are, are some names that have been mentioned quite a lot, which means they'll probably be mentioned throughout the rest of, of uh, their careers at, at Cincinnati. So I'm, I'm excited to see as they continue to make things work because, I mean, a long receiver – like Quincy Burroughs with with short twitch, which is which is what I believe uh, Tyler Scott might have said about him. He's got some short twitch in him, which is important to have in a wide receiver. And with that length, I, he's going to make an impact. And then JQ, man, he is long, he is talented, he's athletic. So yeah, I mean they they, they check every box. Also, um, Hitch is not a good quarterback. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I you know we was, joked with them. He was they were doing the drill. He throw some ducks. Well, no, where they throw interceptions. Yeah, like they, go back. They were, working, then... they were working on their pick sixes. Right, right. So his job is to drop back and throw a pick six. Yeah, uh, he okay. was really good at it. So good at throwing pick sixes, man. <laughs> throwing to a, a fake wide receiver, or, or did they have some some people out there as well for that? No, for, freshmen get five years because most. Hold on. Just answer, following on chat, answering the question. Freshmen get five years. Sorry, most most of them will redshirt. Um, you know, most of this freshman class will redshirt. Uh, there will be a few that don't, like there always are, predominantly on special teams. But right. you know, a guy like JQ, I think, could break that mold. Yeah. Um, but uh, you get four years, five years to play for. Most of the class will redshirt, so then they'll have four years. After that is what I meant. The, the COVID year is over. Like yeah. the, nobody, the last year's class and this year's class, there's no such thing as a COVID year. Right. Uh, that was just any player that was eligible and on the roster in 2020 that gets a COVID year. I hope that so, clears that up. Sorry. So, so now it's back to the whole, once you hit five games played, you know, an appearance in five games, then yeah. you are no longer eligible for a red shirt. Uh, yeah. So that's back in full effect, which would probably fall in line for a player like Quincy Burroughs and, and a player like Jake. That's going to be interesting, man. If they if they push push the envelope at the I, question for him will be special teams. Like, right? If he can, he, he I don't think he played a lot of special teams in high school, and he obviously isn't a defensive guy, right? So, are you going to burn his redshirt year? Right. He was a. He's not going to play special teams. I think he was a kick returner, punt returner. Um, and I think he actually also either that's not what I'm talking about. Either either place kicked or or punted or or maybe both. Okay. It would he's not, it would he's be not going to do any of those things. No, no. It would I'm be talking about how coverage. Yeah. I know punt I, return. I just want to say he wasn't able to be a gunner because he was doing other things. Like right, fair. Well, the, the gunner, Alec Pierce, you know, yeah. exhausted his freshman year of eligibility. It was kickoff. He was a gunner, and he was yeah, a great gunner, gunner. right. Right, so yeah, I don't know. We'll see, but but definitely JQ. I I think that is long gone. <laughs> I think that uh, barring any unforeseen circumstances, I think uh, it's a matter of when. Safe to say, right? 
Um, but yeah, so and win might be sooner than week four. And I think maybe a player like Sincere Lewis or you know someone like that who's kind of got that size and the ability to perform on special teams might be a candidate as well. But yeah, it's it, it's pretty rare because I also saw going back and looking at just kind of eligibility wise and however much it, it's accurate on the website, I think it is up to up to date now. But a lot of these players, you see, they played four games their true freshman year, like right on the dot. And I imagine then the staff was like, okay, we use four games with him. We've got to bring well, in yeah, this player now for four games. Yeah. Right, right. So um, we'll see. But, yeah, more often than not, it, it'll be a redshirt year. Unless well, I, the, the question is, like, essentially, are you going to play them all the games? Right. Because if right. you're going to play them all the games, then you burn it. Or, you know, if, if not, Injuries you try to keep well. it. Yeah. yeah. Injuries. Never say never. Right. But there's enough depth on this roster that you shouldn't have to dip into your, your freshmen in many circumstances. I agree. I agree. Um, We also saw, so JQ has been, been here. His name called quite a lot. And then they start to dive into the whole uh, competitions all around the the board. I'm not going to start with the quarterback one. We're going to round ourselves back to that, but Aaron, you got a chance to look at the running backs. You all, you already mentioned Miles Montgomery. Chad, I want your your input on this one as well. Was Corey Kiner able to be out there today a little bit more, or is, is he going to be more of a full go guy tomorrow? I didn't see, see him out there. Yeah. So maybe maybe I missed him, but it was a uh, an awful lot of Miles. And... I didn't see Corey today. Okay. Uh, it was and team all... stuff. He's still doing individual. Right. right. Him and Monty. I mean. Miles and Chuck. and Chuck are getting a lot of work right now. Yep. I joked with Ethan right after practice. It, 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 you know, hey, you uh, you telling them, like, I know you, you need somebody to get some carries yep. over there because because Monty and and Corey uh, aren't doing live stuff yet. But from what I was told, Corey will be worked back in over the course of this week. Um. Mm-hmm into i guess next week is really when they're hoping to have him full go start right. a week three yeah i think I, the funny the funniest moment i saw with uh the running backs was ethan wright making a tackle and just holding him on the ground no so of- he he came in late like and popped the ball out and the ball hit the ground and ethan jumped on it <laughs> and one of the walk-on running backs was trying to like you know, pull the ball back from him and you could hear him like messing around with each other because they were, you know. This ball is my baby. I miss holding you. <laughs> we have it. <laughs> like everyone else is, I think they had already blown the horn and they're still laying on the ground yeah. with each other. <laughs> How is he looking? Ethan Wright at safety? At, at safety now. I mean, he's with the third team. He's he's figuring it out, learning the, the intricacies, the ins and outs. Um that's that's a more talented room than we gave it credit for at the start of, of right. camp. Right. Uh, Brian Threats looks really good. Uh, yep. Jacob Dingle is not going down without a fight in that position right. battle. Uh, we've talked a ton about our Moran Smith. I, I think Isaiah Cox has looked good. Uh, Ethan Wright has jumped in there. Will Adams um, has has gotten some reps. Um, Javon got kind of a vet day today. I think he rolled his ankle a little bit yesterday. Um, so they held him out and you had everybody bumped up a spot. 
Right. Uh, but I know there's been a lot of concern about safety because it's just they had three three of the top five safeties in the history of the program right. leave within the last two years. Like it's just we're logic used to hearing things. NFL names. You right. Know, we're, it's just we're logic used to, to lock in. Yeah. It's logic to think like it might take a little while for the next guy. Right. To like really, you know, materialize. Right. I don't think that's the case, man. I still think they're going to be pretty good on the back end. Like, it, you know, we know what Hicks can do. I think threats is going to be pretty seamless. Um, as long as Amorian Smith doesn't like try to last Boy Scout anybody, Jeez. he's going to be an impact player. Right. He's he goes hard in the paint. I, he I goes mean, hard in the paint. He sounds like he's going to be an absolute menace on the special teams. Yeah, I could see that. Which, <laughs> what you did the last Boy Scout thing got you? Yeah, I mean, I tried to ignore it and then I couldn't. <laughs> he's what they would call aggressive. Yeah, yeah. A very, very aggressive on Passion. the football field, from to the point that like you got to try to like, okay. We want you at a 10. You're at a 14. Like against, gonna... against other teams, we want you at a 10. Right. Not against In your practice, teammates. can we get you at an 8, maybe? Can we get you at an 8? Games 10, not 14. Because right now he's a 14. Like, he's – I th- and, and, and the thing that I love is I think he senses, like, I got a chance to earn some playing time. Right. Well, when they okay. were – Walking through plays today, he was out there with the ones. Yeah. Well, Javon was that he right. is Javon's. I, I understand. Um, but but that was who they went with. I mean, it's, you have some options. Well, yeah. Usually when you know, usually when the guy the one goes out, the two becomes the one. It's, just been, it's he's had he's had a week. <laughs> yes, he's had a great start to camp. Which and I'm, yeah, I mean we've seen and and recent years where there is a game here or a game there where you do need that guy to step up. And yeah. So somebody just that... gets, somebody gets dinged up for two series, right. right? And they're, right. they're getting looked at and getting taped and getting worked on. Like you yeah. have to feel comfortable that, that, cause you know what the opposing team does, right? Attack, attack them right away. Well, they see your starter go out. They say, okay, right there. We're going at him. Yeah. You got to be ready to come in and make plays. I mean, you think back to the Georgia game right away. Wiggins and, and Sauce are out. All yeah. of a sudden, you see the eruption of Brian Cook, and you see the you know further validation of, of Arquan Bush. So, yeah. I, well, I they mean, went at, I mean, they went at him with Pickens, which yeah, there wasn't much. Arc, that, that guy made a couple great he catches. He made, yeah, some ridiculous catches, yeah. Um, but I, they went at him. Yeah. Like, they went right at Arquan. They went right at uh, Cook. Going yeah. at Cook was a mistake. <laughs> I mean, both they, of them had some big quickly. hits. Yeah. They learned very quickly trying to pick on Brian Cook was uh, an exercise in futility, if you will. Absolutely. An exercise in pain based on the way he hit in that game. There we go. There we go. Well, I, you know, that kind of covers the, the cornerbacks. You mentioned those. Uh, JQ, obviously, a meteoric rise that just continues to go. Uh you know, I'm I'm, I'm interested was, to was, see one other one other JQ thing. It was yeah. funny. Uh, Lance McAllister was there. Lance and Mo were both there today. Right. 
And so Lance, I like to, you know, give him little things to watch on the guys, the young guys that are kind of coming up that he might not have a lot of information on. So keep an eye on six and black. (laughs) And at the time, Jake here just happened to walk by, like on the outside, they were doing the opener. Yeah, there was a big mass of humanity, and JQ was walking over to like where the DBs were, and he looked instantly. He's like, "Who the hell is that?" <laughs> right. Like it just looks different when he walks by you, doesn't it, Aaron? I mean, there's no doubt about it. He's again, like we've talked about it. As far as the wide receiver DB groups, when they're out there, there's no one taller than Nick Martiner and JQ Hardaway. Like they right. stand out head and shoulders above every one of their teammates when they're in their small groups. So yeah, and we're seeing sure. those two go against each other a lot, which a lot, is a lot. Good. Iron sharpens iron. They don't just say it. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, interesting to hear that, of course, because you know JQ. Sure. Say what you want about the, the the picture updates of these players, you know, and they're working the weight room and whatnot. But you look at JQ's pictures, man, and he looks like someone that has completely bought in, worked his ass off, and yeah. as now looks like a born ready player that can go out there. He he doesn't look like a true freshman at all, and I I think that's something that you fear with the true freshman is like, yes, you have the talent, but I don't I don't know if the body's quite there yet. With JQ, that is it, it's all tied into one, so. Did you say work his ask off with a K? Yeah, I try my hardest not to curse on this, but okay. You know. I just thought you Me were too. saying that. I yeah, I thought you were just saying <laughs> that he literally was asking a bunch of questions, and that's also like I said, I thought it was a play oh. on words. That that's how he he got here. He thought it was a fucking pun, Brent. Is what he's trying to say. <laughs> okay, you know what, Aaron? Sometimes I ain't f-ing over here. I'm just telling the truth. Sure, maybe he was asking a lot of questions, you know? <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? But anyway, so. What just happened? <laughs> who knows? Anyway, uh, JQ, making monster moves, looking like a, a more than <laughs> true freshman. And, you know, I the fact of the matter is this. You're going to start to get that as you recruit higher rated players. Yeah, you guys, you guys got me messed up over here. Um, you said it. I didn't. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, oh, I didn't even. Yeah, I, I, I don't even know what that phrase means. I looked it up, and I apologize. You need to take that away. Oh, uh, good. Remove that. Moving on. And if we go back and uh, actually x that out, uh, wow. <laughs> I don't know why. You didn't know what that meant. Well, I mean, now that I think about it, yeah. Uh, <laughs> moving on. I mean, geez. Yeah, let's go ahead. And, uh, yeah, we can we can edit that out. I was lunch today, gentlemen, <laughs> at Higher Ground. <laughs> the uh, we did Monterey Ranch chicken sandwiches yesterday, so Aaron missed out on that, or on Saturday, so Aaron missed out on that by a day. Uh, today was uh, chicken fingers, lasagna, um, mac and cheese, right? Mac and cheese salad. Uh, some good stuff. Uh, so yeah, they have really good chicken fingers. Yeah, like tasty. like really good chicken fingers. Uh, best coverage of Bearcat Sports bar none, except for that last three minutes. I agree. Moving on. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna. I mean I'm I'm like I 
I'm going to tiptoe around this, uh, you know, the rest of this pod as if I am, uh, what is, what is the guy's name? George Kolopikov, you know, Kolopikov or whatever. Yeah. It wasn't very collegiate of me to uh, say that. And then there's a great, you didn't really know what it meant. Yeah. Well, well, for you guys listening live, you got it. Uh, it will not be there on the replay. Thank oh, you it'll be much. there. We don't yeah. have to. We don't have Please. to talk any more about it. Moving on. So, so that brings me back to competitions. Yes. And we got to touch on the quarterback competition because it is the buzz, 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 buzz word. And uh, to be honest with you, it's it's gotten to the point where <laughs> it is back and forth. Um. It is back and forth, and, and it, it seems as if one day is followed one, one good day by one player is followed up by a good day of the other player. But I uh, today was a little bit more had some more significance to it because both quarterbacks, Evan Prater and Ben Bryant, were able to meet with the media. And I thought that the questions were strategically asked to both of them, where they were explaining their their strengths that they both have in their games. Because I thought the answers by both players were, you know, it, it was the fact of what their games were, but it was also kind of their argument to why they think they separate themselves from the other candidate. If you know what I mean, I, it, Ben Bryant said that he brings in-game experience, which is something that you can't, you know, replicate in practice. That pardon, you can't duplicate in practice, which would mean that that is what he has over Evan Prater as well. And then Evan Prater said that he has the ability to, you know, make plays, to be a playmaker, you know, because not everything is going to go to script. And I took that as a meaning of he can use his legs more. He can get out of the pocket better. He, he can he, he's a lot more mobile than Ben Bryant. I think everyone would agree with that, even Ben himself. So the, the way that I took away their answers to those questions of what their abilities bring is kind of them politicking as well of what their game has that the other quarterback doesn't in, in a way. So um, my question is this, it's, it's getting to the point where, yeah, you know, the whole staff wants to have a decided leader in the clubhouse, hopefully within the next week or, or, or two, because obviously then it's crunch time and it's, it's game week. So at, at what point do you think is, is this a true in-house thing where they're going to say, uh, we'll push it all the way up to, to game time. If we need to, if these two two players are going back and forth, obviously they're not going to tell the media. They're not going to let it let it be announced. But do you think there's somewhat of a timeline where they want to know who their guy is and they might push on it to get the extra reps with the first team to get the gel to to get that cohesiveness heading into that game at Arkansas? First off, thanks T Win uh, for the donation. We appreciate that. Um, I don't know. I mean. I didn't know they were roommates. That was yeah. th- that was the first interesting thing I took away. Um, that said, there is a scrimmage coming up, and they both seem to point at that as being the first real true test against one in- one another. Like that's going to be where they're putting it all out there. Um, and when's the actual scrimmage, Chad? Is that so? There's a scrimmage this coming Saturday, and right. then another scrimmage next Saturday. But that's um, not including the actual full go in pads tomorrow. And I think that'll honestly be. The yeah, first but tomorrow one. won't be a scrimmage. Tomorrow will just be a, a practice. 
but I think having full pads, people are going to go a little bit harder. And I think that's going to be the first taste you get of the real competition ramping up. Yeah, but it won't, it just, it'll just be set with like a right. practice script. So a little bit different there. Um, I think they would like to ultimately know coming out. I, I think they'd like to be in the ballpark of a decision coming out of Saturday's scrimmage. Yeah. Uh, so then you have a week to prepare somebody to be number one in the following scrimmage, and then you get into game week. Um, right. Will that be the case? I don't know. Uh, I, I thought, as I wrote, I thought Evan had a rough Saturday. Right. From everybody I talked to that was there on Sunday, he bounced back and had a, a, a really good Sunday. Yep. Today was hard to tell because, like I said, there wasn't there wasn't a lot of meat and potatoes right right to today's practice it was you know it was a lot of fine-tuning yeah. um tomorrow i think is a big day for both of these guys yeah you know you get you got to like i said you got a day off coming up on wednesday um I, I think tomorrow night is an important practice in this process too with the pads on um not live but it's about as close to live as you're going to get in a non-game setting, I would assume. Uh, especially, like, here's what tells me that tomorrow is going to be a really good practice. They usually treat days like they did today before scrimmage, yeah. right? Like, we know tomorrow we're getting after it, so yeah. let's – pull back on the reins a little bit today because we're going to be asking a lot of them tomorrow. Right. Just do a whole uh, bunch and, of dump offs. Yeah. <laughs> a whole bunch of crosses and <laughs> drags and, you know, four first swings. downs all day. <laughs> yeah. Aaron was, Aaron was really worried for like the first, like 30 Half minutes hour, of live yeah. periods. Yeah. He's like, what is, what is happening? Am I seeing this right? Is this I heard, I've heard of being conservative with the ball, but what's going on right now? Right. Nobody wants to throw a pick, so we're not going to throw anything past eight yards out. Right. Yeah. I so it, for me, it's uh, I just think the the ability to have some sort of cohesion leading into that game is more important than truly deciding who is the better quarterback, like immediately because it's you've got to be able to be clicking on all cylinders heading into Arkansas or else you could find yourself down early. And now all of a sudden you're scrambling. You've got to be able to kind of have that, you know, that script of a, of a first couple of series down something that you're going to look for, you know, leading into it. I sure you might have the opportunity to have both of them play throughout that game at some point, but I, I think it's just so paramount to come out strong against Arkansas at Arkansas. And, kind of kind of go punch for punch and i think you need to have someone who's been there at quarterback established with the first team in order to make that cohesion work so um hopefully the separation does start to happen uh but we'll see uh, the the other thing i wanted to say is that you know ben said that his his strength is the fact that he has in-game experience and the fact that he is you know it, it's something that you can't duplicate in practice could you say that I mean, I feel like that would be Evan's strength as well is when the physicality amps up, when you have the ability to 
scramble and, and pick up yardage and, and get out of the pocket and, and avoid sacks and use your feet to make plays and be a playmaker. That's something that also can't be duplicated in practice. So I, the whole in-game experience, yeah, you don't want that to be probably at Arkansas for the first time, but if he if he wins the battle, then that will be where it is. I don't know. I just think that the in, in-game situations would kind of aid to the skill set that Evan has. Maybe not the you know the decision making paramountly at this point, but the ability to use your legs and, and pick up yardage, you're not gonna be able to do that in practice because the quarterback can't be hit. So I I don't know. It's it's always interesting for me to look at it in that sense as well, because are in practice, are they looking so much at who's hitting the the throws down the field, you know, and who's able to fit the ball in a tight window. You know what I mean? I, I don't know how you can duplicate what Evan brings on a Saturday with his legs. Thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, it's it, – but that's, you know, that's what everybody that has a mobile quarterback has to deal with, right? Like right. You, you, there's no way to simulate live without going live when the quarterback is in a red jersey and, and can't right. be touched. Like right. – um. I think there are definitely like ways to judge some things. Yeah. Like I think on Saturday, Evan was getting frustrated that he was struggling. And by the end of practice, like he was looking to take off. Like, I don't think that's necessarily, that's not what you want to see. Right. Right. You want to see him escape. If escape is necessary, you don't want to see him make a read or two and then just be instantly looking to get out of the pocket. Right. So I think like when you go back and you watch it on tape, there are ways to like, is, is Evan doing things the way that we want to do things in terms of his running ability? We haven't really seen um, them work on a bunch of like read option stuff yet either, which I would think as we get the pads on, when Evans in, you're going to see more of that as a, you know, uh, legitimate, like, this is what we're going to want to look at when Evan is is running the show. Well, right. when he talked today, too, he mentioned that's the quarterback who he was in high school was, I'm always looking to use my legs first. Sure. And so to get out of that's that. That's what mindset, I said Saturday. I said he looks like high school Evan. Yeah. I mean, and for him to want to try and get out of that mindset, I can't imagine that's the easiest transition to make you have to obviously if you want to win yeah, the job well, because but... because in high school you're he's more athletic than everyone, everyone on, on the field, field. Yeah. in college that's not the case man you're going to try to get out of there at one point in time and there's going to be a brian cook looking to um take your head off make you have a really bad week or two right minimum like Looking to make you really sore on Sunday. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. that The whole part of that is fascinating to me because there is no way to, to show what an, an all-out, you know, scrambling quarterback of, of Evans' caliber can do. Because and, – and there is ways in practice to show that Ben Bryant can squeeze the ball in a tight window. You know what I mean? So that's uh, – Sure. That's that's interesting because you hear you know Coach Guduli talk about it a lot how he is setting up different scenarios for both of the you know to to 
adhere to their skill set. So they're doing it and they're figuring it out. And, and you heard Trestle also mention that that both of them bring a very difficult skill set to to combat against. And we'll how about see. that question today? Which I think when that question was initially asked, I think it was asked as a joke, and then all of a sudden we were in interview form. Like, right? People were not even with their cameras all the way set up yet. And that question was asked and he just went right into answer form. Someone and... said it like off the cuff and he, and then yeah. he like stood in front of everyone. Okay. And everyone was recording immediately. And Trestle's one of those guys. Like he, like he, he talks ball, right? Like yeah. he came up to me and Justin at lunch the other day. And it's like it, the, the, the formalities were like, just we're talking ball. Like yeah. that's, that's who he is kind of that's how he's wired i imagine being a member of that family like they just threw you a football like as soon as your eyes open catch like it might have been one of those little like toy little things but right but you're getting a football yeah you are getting a football and and i thought it was interesting uh obviously this just the touching on the trestle family is how much they do love special teams so that was a another thing that has just rolled through through Luke as well. Uh, you mentioned it a little bit. Ryan Coe has had some success kicking the football in camp, and I imagine that'll be something that continues. I'm sure during the the scrimmage there will be some scenarios where it's you know get get Coe out there immediately and. and oh, I, and I was told today, the like they they kind of gave them you know they they kicked Saturday, they kicked yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't like have them on the script to kick other than like their, their normal stuff that they do. Right. Um, and they were doing two minute drill and the two minute drill this time was like, we're scoring a touchdown in two minute right. drill. It wasn't like getting, let's get to the range. 30, yeah. get in right. field goal range. And somebody said something and, you know, like kind of joked, like, are you, you know, you good to go here? And instantly, Coe's like, I'm ready. Let's go. Like, are we kicking? We kick when are we kicking now? I'm like, like, let's kick. Like, that's 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 what I'm here for. Right. He seems so much looser at camp than he did at all during the spring, too. Now that he was he's brand new. Well, too. And now, I was gonna say, now that he's gotten to know his teammates and what have you, like I feel like he's very charismatic. Like the guys all look to him to, for for the joke, for a comment. Like it was kind of cool seeing him interact with the special teams a lot today. I get the feeling that like he kind of realizes I, I, I don't think when you know I, I don't think kids understand when you commit to this like Brady and the the Clifton style, like what that means. Like that actually has a tangible, real meaning, who those guys are, what the weight room is about, like the camaraderie, you know, the 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 way that they do things. I don't think that that that's something you can fully sell in a recruiting pitch. Mm. And I think there are some guys like Ryan Coe that like when they get into it and they're like, Oh my God, I am home. This is, this is the greatest thing ever. Well, there was a new sign on the, uh, on the dorms that I hadn't noticed. I didn't notice it last year. Um, but it said uh, something along the lines of uh, do anything the same way that you do everything. Everything. Yeah. Th- those are all they do those all new year to year. That's what Meth said on the uh, Let It Fly. Yeah, like it's all messaging. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all brainwashing these kids. 
That's just Luke Fickleisms. Yeah, it's just like, you know, it's it, here's the thing. Here's what I love about all that stuff. Just be us, iron sharpens iron, do everything as you do anything, like all of that, that stuff. Yeah. It's not, it's not corny. No. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's not the Butch Jones, like hold the rope and brick by do brick. Your and, job. Yeah. Like it, it, it's, <clears throat> there's actually like a, some thought into why they, they want to use that for that particular team. Yeah. There's some thought into like the messaging of like, this is who we think. This is what we think about this team. Let's come up with some messaging for that's going to resonate with these guys. Not just like going through a cliche book. Well, yeah. You I know. mean, because the team is, they, they know who they are, where, they lost right. so many players last year, and they know that. But they know they're also super talented, and they know that they can't be last year's team. They have to be themselves. And that's my favorite thing that you, you keep hearing. You know, Wiley was was answering questions that way. Huber was answering questions that way. Just, you know, like, you know, yeah, last year was last year. We lost a lot, but we just have to be who we are this year, you know, and just be, be this team. And I, I think the more that you buy into that, like you're saying, instead of just like, you know, hard work, beats, yeah. Effort or effort. bring your lunch pail. Right. But, you yeah. know, like it's, it's not, and that's been the, the Luke Fickle thing and the Brady Collins thing from the start. Right. None of it is corny. None of it is, none of it is obvious bullshit, I right. guess is like the best way to put it. Yeah. Because so much of that stuff is obvious bullshit. Yeah. Well, and, and the iron sharpens iron thing is something that yes, has been said a lot, but, you look at all like like I mentioned earlier, all these competitions that are going on, especially at the yeah. number one position. Evan Prater was asked today, you know, your mindset heading into to, to camp last year was obviously different. He was like, Yeah, this was, you know, Desmond Ritter's team. And I was, you know, I was just there learning under Desmond, this, that, and the other. Now it's right. a full on iron sharpens iron. We're gonna make each other better. And that's kind of the sentiment in every position group. And it's it's gonna lead me to my last question involving camp until Obviously, next week, uh, sorry, tomorrow, because I, I kind of wanted to ask this, but you've mentioned a lot, Chad, that is about how you don't want to really gauge too much in the trenches until they go full pads. I don't know if there's yeah, anything. Yeah, I just don't think it's fair. Right. No, yeah. No, I, I, I completely agree. But is, is there anything as far as personnel-wise or anything, I guess, schematically that you saw in today's practice that stuck out? Was it is you know, Joe Huber really? still still there with the first team. Is it still kind of the until further notice? Joe Huber is your right tackle. Yeah. Okay. And... They've had five practices. I haven't seen one of them. I've seen every second of the other four. Yeah. Joe Huber is your right tackle. I think there's competition at left guard. Um, Coop is the incumbent, but there's a lot of guys that are trying to get on the field. Right. At guard. Yeah. Um, I think if Joe Huber is your right tackle, then Dylan O'Quinn is your right guard. Mm-hmm. We know Renfro is at center. I think James Tunstall um, has really come into his own Yep. as your left tackle. So that's kind of where we're at for now. Right. And just as it is at every position, there's still two weeks left before things probably need to be completely set in stone or at least a week, week and a half. Uh, so we'll see. Um, 
but yeah, the Hubert story is fascinating. Just seeing all the different things that people have said on the board about, you know, obviously his his wrestling background, this, that, and the other. It just seems like the type of player that Mike Cummings recruited to Central Michigan, where it is kind of a, a larger, you know, mold of clay, and you're able to kind of form it into what you want and, and have him, you know, learn under you and, and fill out his potential. Uh, you know, you saw the same with, with, with James Tunstall saying that he was – recruited by Mike Cummings as well in your interview with him, Chad. So I, I think you're starting to see a little bit of the uh, fingerprints of, of Cummings on this, on this squad as well, which is something you wanted to see. So uh, more will come out in that group tomorrow, obviously, as the uh, full pads come on. But other than that, anything else in closing, Aaron, was there anything else from camp today? Any, any, uh, just as you're talking about the trenches, I was just going to say it was noteworthy to me that they were talking about the defensive line and how, while it is a group that includes uh, guys who have been here for years between yeah. uh, Briggs. Well, Briggs has been here, what, this is going to be his third year. Mm-hmm. And uh, Malik's been here for years. And Jabari's been here for years. But they, they this mentioned... It's only second year for Briggs. Yeah, I guess it it feels so long. <laughs> yeah, this is only the second year. Malik and Jabari have been here. They've been here some time. For forever. A long um, freaking time, as Brent would say. But yeah. just not just, the other version. <laughs> but it just it just seemed that uh they were really wanting to try and see who's next up in that defensive line, and we don't talk a lot about that. And yeah. I just found it interesting that. I, I don't remember at this point if it was Luke or if it was Trestle who mentioned that in their post game. Um, but either way, uh, it's it's definitely something to keep an eye on as it seems that they're certainly keeping an eye on that. Noah Potter looks big, Aaron? He looks the part, every bit of the part. I mean, he's what you want to see on the field coming from the edge. I mean, he's he's a... He's a large human. We already knew that from Squat Fest, but you, I, we, I didn't get to see him in full pads yet. Only got to see him in the spider pads. I don't, I don't think they were in full pads, were they, Chad? D line. No, Aaron. We've talked all day about well, pads. I know, tomorrow. but they had. I know they had the they had the guardian caps on though. I didn't think that they had that they had full pads on. Full pads. Nobody tomorrow. had full pads on. Okay. Full pads tomorrow. But hey, Aaron, it's good that it looked like maybe they were in full pads. That means they have bulked up quite a lot. There oh. we go. I don't. I don't think that was ever a Potter problem. Um, couple questions. Is there any chance Quincy gets snaps this year? I, honestly, I think it depends on if he can. If they decide if he can help on special teams. If he can help on special teams, then you're going to play him. So if he continues to perform like he has so far, why not try to find him some live game action mm-hmm. for for the future? It also if may you, depend on how badly they're beating a Kennesaw State or a Miami. Yeah, but they get four games. Like, right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, sure, you might I'm, – I'm talking about, like, real snaps, like – Chances he gets in or, or is a factor by, you know, the time we get into the middle of conference play. Um, if you're not able to play him on special teams, 
I don't think you waste him for, you know, 50, 50 snaps at wide receiver, 40 snaps at wide receiver, whatever, whatever that may be, where he's getting, you know, three or four reps a game. But again, <clears throat> we've already seen him as a freshman in four practices go from strictly running with the young guys to running with the third team to getting reps with the second team. Right. I'm not putting anything past this kid because you know what you have to do if you're a coach and you got a kid that keeps making plays against everybody he lines up against. Got to play. You got figure it out. You figure yeah. it out. And and you've seen with the staff, they do that. You know, right. it's it sauce is obviously the number one indicator, but you saw Renfro get, you know, pushed into the starting lineup mid, you know, little less than midway through his, his true freshman season. If if you are someone that can aid the team and, and aid to a victory, then you're going to be out there. So, yeah. Is Mets playing worse or is Huber playing exceptionally better? We haven't seen Mets full go yet. Remember, he's also a guy that's coming back from off-season surgery. So we've seen him sprinkle in a little bit with the threes at right tackle. We've seen him work with the twos at right guard. Right guard, excuse me. Um, we haven't seen a full go Mets yet. Um, I'm guessing that is, you know, something as this week goes into next week, they're going to want it, want and need to see more of. Um, right. th- you can't make those calls if he's not back to, you know, where you want him yet. Uh, who are the Gunners? Uh, they haven't really gone full out like ones and twos in like punt coverage yet. Um, they get a lot, they're getting a lot of guys work in those positions. Uh, I think they're trying to figure out, you know, who are going to be the gunners this year. I think the question there is ideally you don't want it to have to be Tyler Scott and Trey Tucker. Right. But you also had two of the best gunners I've ever seen. Unreal. Last year. Yeah. They were unbelievable in punt coverage. Those two dudes are so physical, so strong, and so fast. Yeah. That if you look, every time the punt arrived, they're right there. They were standing there waiting. Just what you got? You, you going to try to run this? Like, do, are we allowed to hit you? Or like, do we have to just stand here? Um, so I think it's an important question, Jason. Um, definitely by Saturday, I'm going to be excited. Like when they go live not you know, at least semi live on punt, uh, who are the, the two guys that they're going to use in those gunner spots? Because you're replacing a guy in Alec that was mm-hmm. phenomenal a couple years ago. And now Trey and, and Tyler, potentially you can go back to them if you have to, but I think you'd rather, you know, a couple of the young guys step up. Like, it is Drew Donnelly. Well, and, and also Justin Maybe Harris that was, do that. Justin Justin Harris Harris was well. really good at, as a gunner, but I don't know if that'll be... I don't know that you can... Right. Yeah. I don't know that you can. I mean, I'm sure as much as you'd like to, I don't know that you can. Yeah. It might be an ask him thing, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it'd probably be... But he was more of a gunner on kickoff instead of punt. I thought it was him and Taj that. Yeah, it was on a kickoff in, in 2020. 
Um, uh, no, Alec was a gunner. Alec was a gunner on punts up until last year. Right. Well, he I was should... hurt, so dinged up quite a bit in 2020. So yeah, that's an important spot for them because they've been it really, is. really good at it. Well, I, I mean, you also see though, like the the teams that put the stress on special teams are, you know, Ohio State's and the Alabamas of the world. They have their top wide receivers out there as gunners as well. So um, I would imagine that it's the same, but I guess you would ask them <laughs> type thing. I don't know. I would imagine it's it's still Trey and Tyler if they're told the best way that we can see us winning, especially that phase of the game, would, would be having you guys as gunners again and them just buying into it. So Because their stamina, it's up there. Speed's way up there. So, I don't know. I'd like to see them run it back, but we'll see. Uh, anything else on this front, guys? Um, obviously, it'll be a continued conversation throughout the rest of camp um, on all platforms that, that BCJ has. But anything else up to this point so far? Uh, no, I mean, I, I think we covered a bunch here. We've covered a bunch on the board. We've covered a bunch. Uh Nightcap. In the nightcaps, we, yep. we've covered a bunch here. Like, uh, it, look, there's nobody doing it like we're doing it. I can tell you that much right now. And and we'll sponsor this timestamp by the fact that we've got about an hour and 23 minutes or uh, two hours and 23 minutes left to get Bearcat Journal 50% oh. off for a year. Get on it. Get on it. Under $5 a month. If you're listening to this podcast, you're not a member of Bearcat Journal. You have until midnight to get a half price discount on your Bearcat Journal membership for the next year. All of football season, all of basketball season, spring football, basketball recruiting, football recruiting, 2023 class for basketball, 2024 class for football. Like mm -hmm. this, there's no better time to jump in than yeah. right now. And uh, you can get that all the way until midnight on Monday as we're recording. Um, we've had a, a great bump in membership. So, uh, let, let's keep that going. If you're, uh, if you're in on this podcast and not a member yet, get on it. Chad, you want to, you want to pump out that, that pit, that 513 sweatshirt again. That is just too pretty to pass up the opportunity of showing. Uh, but, uh, well, while you're pulling it up, I a name that I would like to see as a uh, as a gunner as well um, would probably be Ken Ken Willis. You know, you yeah, I think that. he's got the speed to do it. Mentioned the speed, yeah, that he has. I, I don't know if the injury history that he had from last season is something nah, that kind of he's, he's fine. He's they haven't really had any limitations on him. So right, okay. There you go. There's our new uh, 2022 BCJ football shirt. You can either get the hoodie or you can get a T-shirt. Iron sharpens iron. It's got the Bearcat Journal logo in there. Um, it's fantastic. So 513shirts.com. Drop down on partners. You'll see BCJ. And uh, get yourself. I mean, tell me this thing isn't going to be perfect for the grid or the, the Bearcat bash or whatever the case may be walking around this October in your BCJ iron sharpens iron. Cut the sleeves off. Yeah. Go with the little 
little white sweatshirt under underneath and the uh, iron put, sharpens iron over top. Put T-E-A-M on the back. <laughs> I think we're putting me. FE2 on the back. Or we're, okay. or we're talking about putting FE2. Good, good. On the back. Uh, talk, I agree. Get the effing membership. I agree. Um, but aside from that, guys, uh, we'll roll on now into quick talks about basketball. First, Derek Hensley uh, cut down some nets. They uh, won the championship of that the East Coast roundabout, uh, reliving yeah. the, the dream team. They won it. Um, he had yeah. some some solid minutes out there, uh, scoring around six to nine points a game, pulling down some rebounds, getting some defensive plays, some offensive plays. To me, he looks like a very athletic, uh, long option. Uh, his shot wasn't really falling, but there's a lot of things that go in to that. I would imagine with the you know a different ball that you're using and first time playing with a team and probably a little bit of added you know jitters along everyone as as you want to go out there and try your best to be you know one of the better players and contribute any way you can. But I thought overall he had some really good plays. And uh, just just kind of flashing that potential that he has to make an impact for the Bearcats uh, this upcoming season, and then continue the upward tra- trajectory past there. I don't know if you guys were able to pick up any any tidbits about those games out there, or or see anything other than just you know the stat lines that were posted. I, I watched what I could, but you know, had yeah. some. I, it's been kind of right around that time that like practice is ending, driving right. back from higher ground. Um, so I didn't get to see a ton of it. Uh, I thought he definitely impacted the game with his athleticism and length and his, his effort. Yeah. So I think that's something that you wanted to see from him. Would like to have seen the three-point shot be a little bit more uh, consistent like we have seen so far from him through the summer. But, you know, that's uh, that's still a work in progress. And always a work in progress when you're in games – Trying right. to implement something, you know, a change in form, a change right. in mechanics. Um, sometimes you revert and then you got to get back in the lab and say, okay, mm-hmm. still have to continue to train my muscle memory, my brain to do this the new way. So I think that's part of it too. Right. I agree. Yeah. I mean, I, like, like you said, uh, shooting is also about rhythm and confidence. And I imagine playing in that type of a, a setting and that type of a quickly put together team, it's it's hard to get a rhythm out there as well. So um, hopefully, you know, that shot continues to come around and he is able to extend out there because if he's knocking down the shot, his, his, his three point shot at a consistent lick, man, he is, he's going to have a, a big impact. I think that's the only thing that was kind of missing from the ability that he had because hyper active athletic, Length is there. He was playing center a lot for the team. So, I mean, he was he was doing everything. And the, the team that he was playing for wanted, wanted to get the ball in his hands more often than not. It's something I noticed as well. So uh, that means that, obviously, he, he earned the respect of a lot of a lot of the players and the coaches with his, his pr- playing practice, which speaks volumes to what he was able to do. Um, but, hey, a win's a win. If they're going to get a winner, you might as well win it. Uh, aside from that, basketball-wise – I guess we're rolling to recruiting now, unless you guys have anything else team-wise. I don't know. If there's been much else outside of that. They're, they're on break. Like they're right. They're gone for three weeks. Like right. There, there's not a lot of basketball stuff really to talk about right now. If you know, if we see 
fall visits, like it's going to be during football games and right. until we get decisions from Collier and Page, uh, okay. it might be later uh, in that process than many are comfortable with. I know people are in that start to panic mode, <laughs> but they are all in on these two kids. And I know patience uh, is very difficult in the internet age. <laughs> People, people do not have the patience. They need something to be happening at all times. Right. What's happening right now is Cincinnati's trying to land their top two targets. Right. And that's the focus. Um, can they get it done? We're going to find out. The, the Collier thing is... Um, it's interesting because I've, I've talked to people associated with the other three programs that are recruiting him. Yep. There are people around those programs that all three believe that, that their program leads. Okay. There are people that believe a commitment could be coming soon. There are people that believe a commitment could be as late as October or November. Right. Like it's such a mystery. Because that's how they want it to be. It should be. Like that's the fun of this. And then you don't end up with people throwing out random crystal balls. Yeah. Uh, it's 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 been fascinating to watch how the family has has done it because they've been great uh, yeah. at at keeping things, keeping everyone guessing, keeping everyone wondering, you know, where this is headed, what where are they leaning, mm -hmm. what are the key factors. Um, I talked to someone today, like everybody thinks that mom is kind of the not the deciding factor, but that like mom, mom is going to have a significant say in how this ends up. And then I talked to somebody today that was like, man, I, I got the vibe that, that, you know, dad is being quiet and sitting back, but dad is a basketball guy. Dad ran, ran an AAU program for a long time. Like dad is familiar with this whole world. And then dad, has more of a say than people realize because everybody's been focused on mom. Like <laughs> that's kind of the <clears throat> kind of the beauty of this recruitment. I know for a UC fan, it's nerve wracking because right. this is, I mean, there are places moving him up to number two. Yeah. Two places. Let's, let's be honest about what just happened. He missed Two months of came action. back and won he came MVP. back and won MVP of the Steph Curry camp instant, like instantly upon his return. Right. This is an elite prospect. This yeah. is a big time, big time, big time impact, program changing type of kid. And generally, with these types of kids, it's not this mystery. It's not this like. Everybody is asking everybody, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? And the and everybody has a different answer. Like that part of it is fascinating. Right. And that's why you haven't seen like I, I'm not going out on a limb. I'm not putting my neck on the line on this because I don't think anybody knows. I, I, I think a lot of people think they know because that's how the echo chamber works, right? Like right. There's people saying USC is out because they offered two other point guards. Maybe that is a sign. Or right. maybe they're just hedging their bets because 
Maybe everybody has a 25% chance right now. And you know what? Played a lot of cards in my life. Yeah. You got a 25% hand. Gonna you get a little jumpy, right? You get, you get a little a little nervous with your 25% hand. Or you could be confident. I've been confident in those hands and won. Right. I've been confident in those hands and lost. Exactly. Right? Exactly. So I don't think it's anything that's like USC's fourth because they've offered other point guards. Right. Right. Like I don't think that's that's how this this is right now. I, I here's what here's what I think is interesting just to me. Just yes. to me. In that vein, in that regard, is everybody going to have the if this thing runs through October and and maybe right into November when that early signing period starts, is everybody going to like keep their cards at the table is anybody gonna fold right is anybody gonna say you know what like he's gonna yeah. play the long game yeah. yeah yeah who's who's is are all four schools gonna play the long game on this he's that good that potentially yes yeah everybody's gonna sit there with their two cards and watch right the flop the turn the river and then you know the, the that final round of of gambling then right. who's going all in? Right. But there's also a chance somebody gets to the turn and goes, I, we have to have a point guard. Like yeah. we can't, we can't be 25%. Right. Don't recruit get right. Like we can't be 25%. We got to go find our point guard. Um, and so what if a name or two is fascinating. And what if a name or two goes into the portal and, you know, as yeah, the days push back even more, that, maybe. right, right. I, I guess if it's October, November, then yeah, it, it would be kind of. Now, if, like, like, if he says, I'm, I, I won't decide until December or January after the first signing period. Right. Then, then it's like, then it's a lot of tough decisions are going to have to be made. Yeah. In those meetings that each staff has, you know, those recruiting meetings that each staff has regularly. Um, Paige, do you think Paige is a guy that, is waiting for Collier to make his move or he's got his own timeline. Cause I know IU fans really want him badly. Yeah, I'm not there's... giving you any IU information on this Brent. Oh, I, <laughs> I don't want, I don't want IU information. I'm just saying. Is, I know is I'm he... just busting your chops. Right. Right. Is, do you think he's waiting for Isaiah to kind of make his move and then kind of, kind of base his side or is he completely on his own? making his own decision. I think there's obviously some connection. Their high school teammates, their AAU teammates, they're good friends. Right. Um, I don't think it's necessarily you get one, you get the other. Yeah. Like, you know, and, and I, and I don't know. I don't know what Paige's timeline is. Right. Specifically and how that matches up with what, I don't know what Collier's timeline is because there's people saying he's entering the decision-making process. I have other people telling me, don't be surprised if that decision-making prospect process takes three months. Right, right. Right? Like, I I don't have an – like, I. it's my job to have answers. I know I suck at my job because I don't have answers on this. <laughs> but I think it's more important that I'm honest with you guys about it instead yeah. of having all these conversations that I'm having. Like, you know what the great thing – one of the great things about higher ground is? I'm in my car for like an hour and 45 minutes a day. Right. 
So I'm just on the phone, making calls. Yep. Check with this person. Check with that person. Talk to talk. You know, see what is going. What the scuttlebutt is here. What it is there. We have a lot of time to do that right now. What a great and as word. I process all of that information, I don't think anybody fucking knows. <laughs> Which is fine. It's it's actually better than. I don't know. I I take that over the over a now nah, we're out of it. You know, I'll I'll take no one really knows what's going on up until the very end because I think that bodes well. More it's probably the, the optimist in me. I think it bodes well for a team like Cincinnati who's been there for for the long haul, who's who's been talking to him cons- consistently. I, I don't know. Some, something about that that relationship building and now it's pushing and pushing forward. So, I guess we'll see. We'll have to see, but if there's anything that's right, if there's anything that's right, Chattel, Chattel have the knowledge for you. When yeah, uh, I mean, I'm I'm doing everything I can to like figure it out, and I just am not getting any like I'm not getting any answers that I think you know what right. I think this person has it figured out. Um, The only other recruiting news uh, on the football side would be. Uh, Jalen Thompson comes up with his commitment date of August 22nd. I don't feel great about that one. I, yeah. I staying home. Okay. If I, if I, if I participated in crystal ball like activities, uh, my guess would be Michigan state, okay. which is a little surprise. Like Ohio state. I heard he was a take. Okay. And which... uh, it sounds like, like Michigan state. Looks okay. like, UCF fan out of here. Looks like you got a you got a fan, Chad. He's back again, two weeks in mm-hmm. a row. Central Florida Technical Institute. <laughs> Aaron, Aaron, what do you think about Chad? Maybe if he was going to put his crystal ball out there, what do you, you you like crystal balls, right? No, uh, I just wanted you to say crystal balls so Jason Cooper could take a drink. But aside from that. Uh, Tim Tim Sawyer's asked how close the Rayvon Collier looks like on social. They're media. close. They're yeah, pretty they're doggone close. close. Yeah. Um. They they have a good relationship. They know each other well. They they communicate. Um. The the, the two of them have are, are friends. I, I think would be uh like are they best friends? I, I don't know. I don't know if they've exchanged the. I don't know if each has one half of a BFF necklace. Um. You like Maybe that? They do. You like that, Aaron? I do. It's pretty good. Uh, but, um, they're friends. They're close. Okay. All right. Well, uh, do, do we want to answer the Thunderbucks question? A- AP voters treat UC better than coaches? I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't really worry about the polls because they're good for content, like for stuff like this. Uh, but in reality, the system that decides, uh, does not, incorporate really either of them until quite a while and, and they don't well i'm just saying them. like it, it used to right. be like in the old bcs the ap and the coaches poll was part of that process so it made right. them relevant right well they aren't a part of the the college football playoff process well so they're they're fun to talk about they're fun to like they create conversation and buzz and content but they don't matter well they're Chad. irrelevant Chad, you're all you. You've been around Coach Fickle on the team a lot, so it's, they're starting to rub off on you. You say I don't care about rankings. I, I, I don't care. No, about I mean, I, I, I care about them because they're good for content. 
I was, like, it was, I was, I was, no, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I, no, I, I, know I care about them because I know what you're saying they're relevant to my job. Right. Like, I get clicks when people talk about them. It's important. Yeah. So right. yeah, I care about that side of it, but in terms of like, why, why does one like you see and the other hate you see or right. like conspiracy theories, like ultimately <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. Conspiracy theories. That was last show. Uh, this show now, we got to dive. I don't want to talk about what this show is about. We got to dive into the mailbag now. Now, yeah, we won't talk about it because it doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> it, it does not exist. Uh, this timestamp brought to you by. You got Bearcat two Journal. hours. You got two hours to join Bearcat Journal and get fifty percent off. Two hours. Hooray! 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 Come on, join it, join it, join it. Here comes the mailbag. Oh, baby. Starting off with the football side of the mailbag. uh, What makes the three cornerback positions distinct in UC's defense? Are there different characteristics the coaches are looking for in each role? Which cornerback role do you think is the hardest to play and which is the most important to UC's defense? Okay, this is a great question. It might take us 20 minutes to talk through this. I'm going to try to make it a little faster. Please. Um, so you have boundary, field, and essentially slot, nickel, whatever you want to call it. Boundary is the short side of the field. The area with the least amount of room between where the ball is being snapped and the sideline. It's Sauce Gardner. That's where Sauce Gardner played. That's typically where teams put their number one wide receiver because there's nobody else over there. Tight ends, slot receivers, typically on the other side. Because on the field side, there's more room. That's the area where there's more space between where the ball is snapped and the sideline. That's where you can play a lot more zone, the way UC has liked to play, mm-hmm. they want their boundary corner, press man, man to man on an island against your best guy one on one. Come get some. Mm-hmm. I I think how they played it before Sauce and how they played it at like during Sauce are two different things. Because when you had Sauce over there, you could like Brian Cook played boundary safety. He didn't have to worry about helping Sauce. He didn't have to worry about being over the top on the other team's number one receiver. You're probably going to have to see more of that this year. Mm -hmm. So that changes like how... Is it the hardest to play? Well, if they treat it like Sauce, it's by far the hardest to play, right? Because... (laughs) <laughs> you're on an island alone against the other team's best receiving option with no help over the top. Right. That's really hard. That's why it made what Sauce did so incredible. Because it's so difficult to do. Especially to an extent that teams just stop looking in your direction. Not, not only do they stop throwing in your direction, they're not even... 
you're that guy's not even in the progression, the read progression of the quarterback, because they know it, he's he's going to be covered. If we throw it over there, it's probably going to get intercepted or knocked away. Like it just doesn't do us any good. So that's a really difficult role. The field corner, typically, if you watch last year, Mike Tressel likes to play his field corner in off coverage more than he likes to play him in press coverage. Uh, so if you look, Kobe was generally six, seven, eight yards off the ball. Still did a great job over there. But you're playing a little bit different style of coverage because you're not getting physical at the line of scrimmage. It's kind of turn and run. Um, read and react to whether they're going inside, whether they're going outside. Uh, that's more of like a, a thinking position, a mental position, uh, a, a, a tape study type position, right? To see what teams like to do on that field side against off coverage. Um, the nickel is defending typically smaller, more athletic, twitchier right. in space slot receivers, like which we talked when I talked about it with Vic. Like they talked about having a guy that has that like basketball quickness. Mm -hmm. And and that's why Sammy, I think, is going to be the guy that ends up starting at nickel. Um, so th those are the different characteristics they're looking for. The hardest to play is obviously if you're asking your boundary corner to play press man with no help over the top, that's really fucking hard. <laughs> yeah. Because guess what? The receiver knows where he's going. You don't. Mm -hmm. And you have to be able to cover him through that entire route tree, no matter where he goes, with very little help uh, behind you. That's that's how you get picked number four in the draft. If you if you prove you can do that. Not bad. Five minutes. Yeah, that, that was good. That was not 20. I could go on but yeah right. moving on not, right. good question though in your opinion except quarterback uh which is always different quarterback yeah if your quarterback gets hurt read oh. the rest of the question in injuries are a part of every season i only have one screen here um injuries are a part of every season we've all been following your reports on the depth chart multi-part question in your opinion except quarterback which is always different where would a single injury hurt the team most where would the loss of two at a single position hurt the team most least effective depth? Similarly, where would a single or pair of injuries hurt the team the least most effective depth? I mean, why we got to speak this into existence, Bearcat band? <laughs> um, I think depth is pretty good across the board. We've talked about defensive line. Um, not quite having like having the, the talent but not having the the proven depth yet, um, I think defensive line, a ra like a rash of uh, an injury or two, could really change. Right. Because we're counting on Briggs, Van, and Jabari Taylor to be heavy snap guys, right? Yeah. They want them to be down in that that fifty to sixty percent range. I think it's probably going to have to be more like 60 just because of, of how much those guys mean to this unit. 
an injury to one of those three or two of those three would be potentially devastating. But an injury to one of those three would would probably be the spot where it would hurt the team the most, uh, and two would be the killer. Um, where would center. it hurt the least? Well, I think center would also hurt, obviously. With yeah, but I mean, Gavin has Gavin. Gavin's, has, yeah, he he's changed he, the perception of him drastically. Right. With with a really really good spring. And then left tackle would be another one for me. Um, just just left tackle right up kinda, there for sure. Kind of back that up. I mean, John Williams has had experience there, but you know, it, it, whenever you hear his name mentioned, yeah. And then whenever you hear, hear John Williams' names mentioned, it's like he's been bumping down to see how he looks at guard, but he can be yeah. you know pushed out to tackle as a swing tackle, which to me doesn't shout like bona fide back confidence, tackle, right? Yeah. Right? yeah. So, I think left tackle is uh, a great answer, Brent. Yeah, I, I would say those. Good those job, sir. Thank you, thank you. Least, Aaron? least, Aaron, least. No, Aaron, Aaron, Aaron. Single most, like you got. I mean, I'm still looking at special teams. Like if if kicker, if Mason or if Co go down, I don't know that there's anybody that's anywhere near their level. Christian Lowry. Like so I said, like Aaron I don't, said, I don't know if there's anybody near their levels. Um, I think that would be a devastating blow. And if you had two injuries at either of those positions, what are we even looking at? Right. I I would love to know how rare it is for like two punters to get hurt in the same season. <laughs> I, maybe I took an easy answer. I don't know, but <laughs> well, no, I think. I mean, you're right. I, at that point, I think they would be having Quincy Burroughs back there punting the football. <laughs> I don't remember if it was Quincy or if it was Marcus Peterson. One or the other was like kicking and punting for their well, team. The- maybe both. The red shirt would be burned right away because he's the punter. That'd be very Oof. interesting. <laughs> anyway. Um, and uh, then least. least. Wide receiver? I mean. Probably wide receiver. Yeah, wide receiver. So many options. So many guys. I mean, you go Scott, Tucker, Jaden, Chris Scott, Nick Mardner, Will Pauling, Drew Donnelly. Quincy Burroughs, Blue Smith, like there's just so like Wyatt Fisher. Uh, when we talked about that, uh, the Miles Montgomery touchdown mm-hmm. uh, in in the two minute drill today, it was Wyatt was Fisher that blocking. threw the block that sprung him. Yeah, Marcus so Peterson had, Marcus Peterson might have had the best catch of the day. Right, like that room is crazy talented right now. Um, yeah. I think you could also go tight end. Yeah, with with Lenny, uh, Josh, and Shaman, and I think running Singletary's mm-hmm. running back because you can. Now, nah, man, like we've already safety. seen. Yeah, I guess, but we've already seen like they're pretty thin just with with right. two guys being a little limited already in camp. You don't feel great about you know depth if you've only got two of the like if you got all four of those guys, meaning. Yeah. Miles Montgomery, Ryan Montgomery, Charles McClellan, Corey Kiner. You feel really good about your running back room. Right. Take one or two of them out. Stephen Bird had a couple of bursts today. Yeah, but a fresh, a true freshman running yeah, back is it's, it's tough. It's tough. It's very tough. So I I uh I mean I also found it interesting in the running back conversation. I think it was Gino in his interview, how he said he he was more partial to finding or it might have been Luke in, in your interview with him, Chad. But Luke wants um, a bell cow. 
Yeah, yeah. So so it was Luke. Yeah, they're they're partial to finding that bell cow. That's where they think they've had the most success in the past. So I mean, I I'm interested to see who that is because I don't think they've they've found anyone yet. But Kiner hasn't been been practicing. It doesn't sound like Ryan Montgomery. I haven't heard his name. They they've been quite practicing. Uh, just they haven't been doing teams. Right. They've been doing right. individuals. They're yeah. out there. Like I don't want people to have the impression that like they're off on that a side out. field. Yeah. With a with a you know strength and conditioning coach. No, they're right. they're practicing. They're just not cleared live yet, or just okay. not used live yet. They're not in the sandbox yet. <laughs> yeah. Great question. Again, great question. Like two really good questions so far tonight. Linebackers, another one, but that's a caveat. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, what is Fick like at practice? Is he with a specific position group during Indy? Does he go down to offensive side of ball at all? Or is that left to Gino during split periods? I played under two head coaches in college and they were very different. Fick's a little of everywhere. Um, he is, we saw in spring, like he had a little pet project in the spring because Mace left and mm-hmm. they were still working to, to fill that, you know, the dollar coach. Right before they filled it. Um, so he kind of had a pet project there where he was, he was like Jaheim's personal coach for a little while. Um, but he's a little bit all, he bounces around quite a bit. Um, so that, he, he is not, I'm a defensive coach. I spend all of my time with the defense. Uh, he is not Tommy Tuberville that took those indie periods and came over and talked to us in the media. Uh, he's a little bit involved with everything. I think it's probably my guess knowing Fick, it's scripted. Like I want to, I want to get a look at this today. So I'm going to be, you know, with the wide receivers today, or I'm going to go over and, you know, keep an eye on the quarterbacks uh, but it's not it's not any one thing like he spends more time here than he does there in those position like specific position group periods. All right. And the last question from the football mail bag. I did have four today. Um, so far, after watching this camp higher ground and compared to last year's camp higher ground, do you feel there has been a major drop off in talent or performance? I mean, define major. Like, we just watched nine guys get drafted. Is, is this team – like, that's that's a that's a trap question from Bearcat CB. Because I'm an idiot if I say, no, there, there hasn't been a drop-off in talent. They're just as talented as they were last year. And then, you know, when they don't have nine guys drafted in I April. Think, I think you can say, though, that the talent – I mean, if you look the at – The talent is fine. I don't look at anywhere and think – they are talent deficient. It's, just, it's not refined talent. It's not I'm right. ready to be drafted to the NFL, you know, nine guys it's, plus it's not it's not a group that didn't lose a regular season game in two years. There's a lot of dudes that are raw, if we're being honest. I mean, yeah. But I think that there's a lot of opportunity for this team to collectively grow. So are they as talented as last year? No. That's it's just the honest answer. Is there a lack of talent? Is there anywhere I think? Um, boy, they're they're gonna have to like mask their talent at this position. 
no, I don't really see that. I don't really like, you know, it's like in basketball, if you've got like a, let's say a, a four that is really good offensively, but struggles to defend. There are things you can do to hide that four in basketball. There are ways you can do that in football, but I don't look at this football roster and say, other than like the reality of they are not going to have CB1 in all of college football. So they're going to have to figure out how differently to defend the boundary, whether that's a little less press man, a little more zone, a little bit more help over the top from the boundary safety, whatever that may be, that's going to be different because you don't have Ahmad Sauce Gardner lining up on the outside. Like, yeah. Is there a major drop off in talent or performance from the boundary corner? Yes. <laughs> yes. But like if Arquan Bush is your field corner, like, he's got all of the skills in the world to play that position, play it at a high level and be drafted next year. Is he going to be the, the Thorpe award winner? Probably not. Odds would be against that, but I still think you're going to be really, really, really good at field corner. If Arquan is, is the guy that, that fills that role. So you tried to get me CB tried to get me anything to add print. No, I think you about covered it. Uh, the Brandon Meyer question real fast down here. Are, are there any starters from last year, Jeopardy, losing their starting spot or in a battle for their job? It sounds I mean, like Mets is, would be Mets is reasonable one. just because he's working back from, from a surgery in the offseason. Right. Is he going to be ready to go? And if he's ready to go, are they ready to just slot him back into right guard? Or do they think – at this point, they're better with Joe Huber at right tackle and Dylan O'Quinn at right guard. Right. Like that's the type of question that that you know is gonna have to be answered. And and guess what? If Joe Huber's ready to go at right tackle, I think Dylan O'Quinn is your your number one right guard in the conference. Right. Right. So like you you're going from an all-conference right guard to an all-conference right guard that was also an all-conference right tackle. So um that would be the main one. I don't think there's any others that I'm missing. Maybe Coop. Like if somebody really pushes him at, at left guard, mm-hmm. um, that's going to be determined over the next couple weeks. There's a bunch of guys at that spot that are chomping at the bit. Gavin Gerhart and John Williams probably being the two at the top of that list. Uh, can they beat them out? You know, Coop has been kind of the mainstay so far. Uh, I, yeah, I think today we saw Gavin kind of rotating in and out at, uh, at left guard with the ones, uh, for a little bit. So, uh, those are the potentials. Like I had somebody mentioned in the, the, the nightcap where we were talking about the offensive line, well, what do you mean? There's questions on the offensive line. It's not, (laughs) it's not that there's, uh, talent questions at the offensive line. It's who's going to be the guy. Who's going to win these jobs yeah. uh, over the next two weeks at higher ground? Uh, what about Jaden? I guess, would you include Jaden? Uh, he wasn't a starter last year. No, I, I mean. I mean, it was Alec Pierce, Tyler Scott, and Michael Young slash Trey Tucker. I think he started so, 
I thought he started one or two. He started two years ago when Alec got hurt. He started as a freshman when Alec got hurt. He was fun. the guy that they 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 okay. placed in for Alec. But he did not start at boundary last year over Alec for sure. No. Um, and and Tyler Scott was the starter at field all year last year. All right. What the, the this is the basketball portion of the mailbag. Uh, what level of success would you give a twenty three class of Ravon Thomas Fredrickson, Ravon Thomas Fredrickson, and a portal big of Pay caliber? Um, successful. I mean, you got Ravon, who's a top fifty kid. Uh, how long's it been really since the, the UC signed a top fifty level kid? Um, I know some people say he's sliding in the rankings. Uh, I, I think the way that the rankings are trending right now is silly where, you know, a guy has a great spring and all of a sudden he's a, a top 40 kid. And then he has a little bit of an up and down summer. Oh, well, now he's, in, you know, 110th. Like, <laughs> like that's, that's where we're going in the rankings industry right now. And you know what that tells me? It tells me you're not very good at doing rankings, right? Because a, a kid plays really well. And he swings this way, and then he's not great, but he's still good. And he swings all the way that way. Like imagine being like a like a you know a, an NBA scout, like a you know somebody that 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 really does this job at a high level. Dives in, and that's how your your draft board went. Right. Like okay, January. Well, we got him number two on our board. He wasn't. He, he didn't. He was okay still in February, but he wasn't as great as he was in January. I ah, drop him off. We're we're done with him. He's out. Like I, I I just think it's a it's a shitty way to to do the rankings. I know why they do it. It creates hits. It generates conversation. Um, but I I don't think it's uh, not good for the. Kids. I don't think you're very good at your, at the job if you're having these wild swings in your evaluation on kids um i personally haven't seen uh thomas the juco from um kilgore uh, i know the staff davion thomas i know the staff likes him a lot um i think he could be your point guard in this class uh or alongside collier just a guard, just a, a guy that, you know, is out on the floor making plays. Um, Fredrickson, shooting, right? Like, if you add, I'm never going to be mad for adding shooting. It just, it's such an important part of this, the, the game now. Um, and then a, a portal big of a Zekpe caliber. caliber. Mm-hmm. I like what I've seen from Kalu so far. I don't have a full answer to that because I haven't seen him play in a game at, at UC's level yet. Um, I think that would that would be a good class. It would be a class that's probably not up to uh, top of Big 12 standards, right. more like middle of the pack Big 12 standards, and middle of the pack Big 12 standards are still dancing really, really good. Yeah. Uh, would a rotation with D- oh, did you want to touch on that at all, Brent? No. Okay. Yeah. Uh, would a rotation with DDJ, Nolly, Newman, JD, and Azikpe have enough ball handling to make you feel comfortable? Are we in the trust tree here? No, that's not enough ball handling. Like, <clears throat> I, I like that. I like that look. 
I, I would I would want another guard on the floor, somebody with with more guard skills. What if you slid Skillings in there and bump down Nolly, Newman, Zikbe? Potentially, um, yeah. you know, I, I still as a freshman yeah. is Dan going to be where we want him to be as as a secondary ball handler, right? You you need two guards on the floor. Like Midway just, season. Yeah, maybe. Um, I, think, I think you can run this type of rotation for a spell, like a if, right, like a, a media timeout. Mm-hmm. But for long stretches, that's not enough. Because what's going to happen? What we saw last year, teams are going to crowd DDJ, make him give up the ball, and then where does the? I mean, I think I think Landers does a good enough job creating with the ball in his hand, but like, but John is not, John's not throwing the ball and having to go get a bucket. Like who is your, who is your throw the ball and go get a bucket there in that group? Um, I think you probably need somebody else on the floor that, that makes you feel comfortable mainly because Dave's Dave's a secondary ball handler or like a, you know, an off ball guard. Um, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't feel comfortable with that. No. With foul trouble, or, or again, just for a breather. I think. I don't hate it, but yeah, the right. question yeah. is, I get you. Is it enough ball handling to make me feel comfortable? Not comfortable. The answer is no. Would Reed be a decent option? You think? Point forward? Uh, not yet. Right. Maybe. I mean, he yeah. handles the ball pretty well. Right. Uh, but more like straight line driving. Yeah. Um. Not like give you the when I think of ball handling I think of especially in today's game yeah have somebody ha- get like in a pick and roll with the ball right can they make a play or press and then all of a sudden yeah, it, yeah. is the opponent pre- well if the opponent's pressing you then oh, that's no you don't want to do that no all right the Smith League seems to be growing rapidly and drawing better and better talent are there any plans for BCJ to cover Sunday's championship game which should be featuring JD Nolly and Hensley lacing up for hometown heroes I would assume looks like JD has been balling out lately based on their Instagram I would love to get a breakdown on how the Cincy players are looking similar to the little birdie musings at the open gym as well as any other players of interest I just don't know if I have time it, it, Sunday's an off day but like here's my week Right, like camp today. Come home, get four videos up, cook dinner for the family, try to handle World War Six between my wife and daughter. Uh, do this podcast. Get done with this podcast. Do a nightcap tomorrow. Night practice. Get done with work at like two o'clock in the morning. Wednesday radio. And then stick around at the radio station and do a, a, a segment with Lance. Thursday, practice, radio, BCJ podcast, nightcap. Forgot nightcap on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Friday, practice, all the other stuff again. Saturday, scrimmage. Sunday. I, I, I do have to spend a little time occasionally with my family would i love to go to sunday's championship game for the smith league yeah but on my priority list of the week unfortunately it falls at a time that you know 
If it was in July, I would absolutely be there without question. Have a field trip, yeah, with yeah. bells on. But right now, uh, it's it. I'll I'll say maybe, but I think we know the answer is I'm probably not going to be at the Smith League on Sunday. All right, sorry, that is the basketball portion of the mailbag. Moving on to the banks here. The banks. We're at 2.15. Not bad. Uh, good evening, this is Skins. Um, good evening, gents. My boy, Skins. First and foremost, Chad, my family's praying for you and Kelly in the tween. Thank you. Second, how have you been sleeping, AA Ron? I have been sleeping all right. Uh, we had four hours Especially left. Especially from like some good, some good naps. Seven to ten on a um, Friday. <laughs> Saturday. Saturday. <laughs> um, but the baby had four hours last night. That was um, nice. That's, that's the longest that we've hit. Uh, so that was good. Good work. Oh, Rapid fire. A best bakery in Cincinnati. I think we'd all agree, Cervatis. Yeah, I'm Cervatis. And especially the pretzel, like the pretzel yeah, the, chip things with that the, we've talked about. With the beer, the beer cheese yeah. dip. Yeah, I don't yeah. think I've been to Cervantes. That sounds good. Oh, Brent, you get you get a huge bag. They just take the pretzels and slice them in like a meat, sli- like a okay. lunch meat slicer, mm-hmm. into little like tiny chips. Yeah, and then you get the beer cheese. Oh, okay. it is. If you're looking for a, a food for like it's party game crack. day, yeah, it's phenomenal. It's Baskin and Robbins. That's not a bakery as much as it's an ice cream place. Right, right. I'd agree. Um, Ford well, Graders has a good bakery. Just throw it out there real fast. If you find one of the bakers, the, the Graders that has a bakery, yeah, yeah, that's good. Uh, Ford or literally any other vehicle. I've never owned a Ford. I also so, never owned a Ford. Literally every other vehicle. I, I currently drive a Ford. Ford. No, uh, I think Skins works at a Ford dealership, so that's a loaded uh, question. Okay, well then hook us up. Is it a fully loaded Taurus? No, nah, mine's a fully loaded. Uh, What's, what was it? The car of the year back in 2014. That was a three-year Letterman reference. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Uh, last of all, favorite dessert and why is it tiramisu? I don't love tiramisu. Did we lose him? We may have lost. That's him. That's kind of creepy, isn't it? I I, with everything going on with him tonight, I don't know. <laughs> That's, I mean, that's pretty creepy right there. Whatever's, looks like, whatever's happening. It looks like a MySpace picture. It kind of looks like a MySpace picture or like a, <laughs> like Brent's album cover. I don't know. Uh, but favorite, uh, favorite dessert. Uh, uh, if I'm ordering dessert at a restaurant, my favorite dessert is skillet chocolate chip cookie with ice cream. If you have that, there's a good chance I'm ordering it. I mean, I'm I'm just here for Grater's ice cream in general. Um, I I love it. Yeah, I mean, Grater's is outstanding. There's there's no question about that. Um, my like my favorite high end dessert is cheesecake, but it's there's so few places that have like that right creamy like the the good cheesecake the good good that have, good good we have a family a secret family recipe for key lime pie and it's it used to be sold down in florida <laughs> like, really not the recipe but the actual pies would sell yeah uh, down in florida they were man 
Um, and then P.S. I had a weird daydream where Brent and I were staring, starring in Pulp Fiction. I was Jules and Brent was Vincent Vega. Sadly, Aaron was the poor kid whose head was blown off in the back of the car. Chad was the wolf. You think that about sounds B- about right. You think about BCJ too much. Um, Why'd you shoot Marvin in the face? I didn't mean to. <laughs> hit, a, hit a bump. Like sometimes, sometimes you just shoot Marvin in the face. Um, and then apparently he spelled dessert wrong, which uh, became a huge thread about least favorite deserts. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't have a least favorite desert. I don't know. I've never really been to a desert. I've uh, I've really only been to the desert on a horse with no name. Sounds about right. I don't know. We'll see if Brent comes back or not. Um, did he? I mean, did he? I heard it beep. I, I've oh, added boy. him. He's he's spinning. As a UC fan base, how do we best prepare to get ready for the Big 12 atmosphere? Uh, I think there's more to this question. I've always been interested in venue stadium reviews and checking out the cool spots to go to when I travel. For instance, if we bring in guests that could talk about places we should go to, like bars, food, hotels, tailgating, or fan zones to absorb the Big 12 fandom at each school, instead of me looking it up and picking a terrible place or having a terrible experience. Also, to have our presence feel like we are a rival right off the bat and to make new friends along the way. I don't know. What do you want me to say there? Like, how do you get ready? Like, I, well, do you, I think, I think do, you do, do you do reps? Like think, you get everybody together and like uh, you practice. I think that's a roundabout way of asking if we're going to have other, like other people from other uh, fan bases or, or like what we do from other teams um, joining us as we get closer to big 12 dumb. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's sure. you know, there's going to be more people that that buy the tickets uh, that that go on road trips to come to Cincinnati. You know, the important thing to remember there, especially early in the the partnership, most of those people have never been here, so they're going to want to show up and like check it out and see what it's all about. Um, a lot more than you know what we've seen from these apathetic dog shit fan bases in the American that, you know, you, you give them a couple hundred tickets and they return a couple hundred tickets. Like, yeah. Like you're the the thing that's going to keep it. Like, of course, West Virginia fans are going to try to like invade Nippert because they like to do that or try to do that. At least Um, it's still pretty far. Like it's not going to be just like a easy trip for most of the conference. So you're not going to have to deal with like 10,000 Texas Tech fans getting here because I've heard travel from Lubbock is hard. Well placed. That's true. Wait, what was your guys' pick for uh, least favorite desserts? Desert. Least favorite desert. Oh, well, I I thought he fixed it. He (laughs) He did, but it was too late. He did. Okay. Least favorite dessert? Like, I don't know. Uh I love tiramisu, by the way. I think it's fantastic. I, I mean I I'll eat it. I don't think it's terrible. Right. But it like it's not it's not at the top of my list. Yeah, true. But look, look, my number one, Brent, you give me a skillet chocolate chip cookie with some ice cream on it. Oh baby. Oh yeah. There's no there's nothing that's that's top of my list shit. My friends hate me because I say I'm partial to a chocolate chip cookie or a piece of cake than just ice cream. 
So, I mean, if you put that option in front of me, I'm picking a cookie, like a warm, soft, and chewy chocolate chip cookie. But yeah, I digress. All right. Well, that's the mailbag. That's get the us, mailbag. Sorry get us about out that. Of here. I uh, my my power went out. Uh, I'm experiencing a storm. Aaron, are you still in Fishers? No, I'm in uh, Cincinnati. Oh, you're in Cincy. I was gonna well, say so, Mainville, to be exact. So this this storm is heading your guys' way. I was gonna say I didn't know if you hit it, got it up in Fishers or not. But um, anyway, sorry about that. I, I I dipped out. I'm now on the phone and working on it. But uh, aside from that, it's a good BBP, guys. Another good great BBP. Show. Another great show. Um, anything else in closing? Any final nuggets? Any uh, anything that you thought of during the uh, length of the the two hours, guys? All right. Well, special shout out, special thank you to Danco Transmission. Special thank you to 513 Shirts for that beautiful Iron Sharpens Iron shirt. Be sure to check that out. And of course, hop on B, the, the BearcatJournal.com. Become a member. If you're not a member, become one. Special deal ending in now, what, hour and a half. So get on it. But aside from that, for my broadcast buddies, my uh, the father of, of uh, the GOAT, Brennix. And, of course, Mr. Chad Brendel, Aaron Smith, I am Brent Young. Yet again, another fantastic BBP presented by BearcatJournal.com. See ya!